All right. And we are live. The last word, Law Cognito, Ibantis, Ty Guy, Travis, fresh on that Thursday evening, Destiny Campfire. We are back, y'all. Ibantis, the cheetah. Let's start with you. How you doing, sir? Um, Waiting to see if I'm going to go on a cruise, basically. I've got a cruise on Saturday, and I've been watching the hurricane. It seems to have left Florida, and I'm leaving out of Miami, but now it's like going into like South and North Carolina, and... The flight that is coming to our airport to then take us to Miami comes right out of there. So depending on where it turns and goes, I have no idea. So hopefully in the, like we're in the Dallas area, so it's like American's hub. So hopefully they can just be like, here's another plane if there's an issue. But yeah, so I'm just kind of getting ready for that prepping and packing and everything else. Other than that, um, yeah, Destiny is continuing to give us some fun stuff to talk about. Once again, uh, but we will get to that here in a second. What about you, Travis? I know what you've been up to this week because uh, I read it earlier. That's right. Uh, yeah, I finished my review of Grounded's 1.0 release. Grounded, a game I had not put a ton of time into when it was in early access. I played it a little when it came out two years ago, a little bit more a year ago when I did a preview. Um, but this is my first time diving fully in. I played over 100 hours. I gave it a 9 Mm. which means amazing at IGN. Wow. It was my third nine at the company. Woo. Only given three nines. Mm. And uh, it is it is a remarkably fun game. It is like so much fun. So, much so fun. I have a weird relationship with survival games, which is that I don't really like a lot of them. But when I do like them, when I get bit by them, they are like, like my favorite game in the world is a survival game, technically. Mm. Uh, Minecraft is my favorite okay. video game. Okay. And okay. so... Like I like when when it when it hits right, it hits really right. And grounded just does so many things right. It's got Obsidian's RPG systems behind, you know, a classic survival system uh, of mechanics. And then also just like the premise it's is amazing. Yeah. Like who hasn't want to be like a tiny shrunken kid in the backyard going on adventures and fighting giant bugs. And so it is like. If even if it doesn't seem like your type of game, and especially if you played in preview and you weren't impressed as I was, I know. IGN gave it a six. And I think that that was actually probably a little higher than I would have rated it if Ooh. I had reviewed it two years ago. Granted, I didn't play it as much as John Ryan, the reviewer uh, mm -hmm. at the time. Um, but I, I th think I probably would have come in as like a five or something. Mm -hmm. um, it is remarkably good. It, like mm -hmm. they improved so much about it. It's so addictive. I played it with, my fiance and some of our other friends who all had early access copies uh, because they agreed to help me with it. And I hooked them up and it was just like nonstop dude. Like all weekend, all we did was just play Love like it. 15 hour binges every day. And just like, it, it was just so much fun. And it's also much bigger than you probably think it is. Yes. Like it is so dense. Like you have to play the game for a really long time to get to the ending. And it's just got so much in it. And I, I really cannot, recommended enough so if you have a pc that can run it or an xbox it's on game pass and uh i just can't i couldn't recommend it more well i could i could have given it a 10 but i it, it has a lot of bugs so i i could have recommended it more but don't um so uh but yeah it, it's just a, it's really an amazing game and everyone should play it nice what about you Cog? yeah i gotta shout out trial man i mean um the beginning of the week first i was playing hardcore destiny a lot of trials i, I read through i got the bow because I wanted to get nice, kill, dude. I got the kill clip. Um, moving target. 
So I'm like, you know what? I'm cool with that with my RNG. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And then while I was there, I was like, well, I'm close to, fake, you know, uh, resetting my ranks. I might as well get it done while, while I was there. And so I, I did that. So I had a good, good time in freelance trial for the, most, for the most part. Then it was Val was the rotator, I believe, of the raid rotator of the week last week. Oh. So the crew, shout out to the crew that's in there. And, and, um, shout out to Ducky. Shout out to everybody, man. That was, that was rocking. Um, they were like, yo. Let's get collective obligation. So I'm like, all right, because once it's on a rotator, you can just form. Yep. So this is the first time I'm not going for it. Like, I sat there and I've been on this show and I've been like, yo, I don't mind if I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, here we I don't go. Mind. Oh. Bro, the game, Destiny had a way of humbling me. I've seen this gun drop multiple times. For other people, <laughs> and they they it was getting so bad. We read it so many times. People were scared to say that they got it. There's like there's like oh no, I, I, it dropped for me again, Cog. I'm sorry. It's cool. We're running, so it's all right. So we I'm at like run twenty, and I'm like, all right, this ain't happening. This ain't happening, kind of thing. And then it was so funny. Shout out to everybody. Like it was DJ the whole crew. They were like one more, just one more. It's gonna happen. I can feel it. You know that turns into like three. Four. Was, it still didn't happen. So now Collective Obligation joins the 1K Voices Club of no matter how many times I've run it, I see this thing drop for everybody else except me. So that's where I'm at with it right now. So I've been doing that. And then shout out to you, Trav. Um, yeah, grounded. I was um prior to that, I was playing um Deathloop and splitting time between Deathloop and splitting time between Cyberpunk. Because I'm in my Cyberpunk edge runners, you know, kind of mixed with the anime and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to play Hour Grounded, da 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 and then, you know, bruh, trap. One hour turned to an all-nighter. I'm out here making canteens. I'm out here going to the other side, investigating bases. The game is so addictive. And then, like, the sense of mystery and and just at night, and it, it has a little horror vibe to it. I'm over here trying to antagonize fireflies, and they setting it on me. I'm just learning so much about it, so much depth to it. And the thing for me is I don't like survival games at all. And this game has a great way of holding your hand just enough to help mm -hmm. you through and re realize what the basics are. I don't want to go on too long, but Trevor, yeah. you, you were actually the inspiration for me to play it because you were like, no, Cog, this thing has a narrative. It's, I was like, okay, all right. Bro, one hour. NPCs. NPCs. Yeah, dude. It, it, like, I think the reason it works for a lot of people is that it is a survival game in name, but it really is an Obsidian RPG like yes. buried underneath all that and it has so many like every time you're like oh i leveled up i got my armor like fully advanced and then they're like here here's level two weird science and tier then, two yeah and you're just like what like there's just so much in the game salute. you have i bet you haven't even gotten to the dungeons yet there's dungeons with bosses and like ah. loot and like dude when you get to that part you're gonna be like wait is this like an RPG adventure game too. Like what the? Wow, it's just crazy how much they put in it, man. It's just crazy. crazy. Yeah, shout out to you, man. You're the inspiration for it. I, I literally play it with to, friends. I, I, I have to do next. Yeah, okay, play it with yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. It's like just have... build, building a fort with your friends and then going, okay, we all got our equipment. Let's go into this ant hill and just like fight things. Like it's just so much fun, dude. So yes, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. I'm definitely gonna do that. E, I'm sorry, we're going long, but I had to talk about everything that was going on with me. What's been going no, on with you? Uh, yeah, no, I mean for me, besides worrying about a cruise, I played a buttload of trials over the weekend. 
Uh, nice. I reset my rank. I didn't play, and then, how am I the only one on the show that didn't play Trials? It's this freelance weekend? and it was double boost. Yeah. And I literally made a yeah, video where it was like, boost. you should play like double now, boost, please baby. go in there. Even if you're mediocre, because we'll get into this because we have a very PVP centric guest here, but freelance should freaking be permanent. You can throw the flawless pool in the window, out the window. I don't care about the flawless pool, but freelance I will play every weekend if it sits there because I can jump in, play some matches, and I know when I go check the roster, it's not going to be a three stack. So I'm not just like instantly defeated. I've like, I've beat three stacks like enough times. I can probably count on on one hand. Like a few times it has happened. Like the people I've paired up with are somehow good. And maybe that group of friends isn't that great. And it's like, that's happened once or twice, but it's so rare when I see the three stack, it's just like morally defeating but yeah, yes. when it's freelance, I'm like, hey, I'm going to give it a go. Sometimes I get smoked and other times I'm like, all right, here we go. This is fun. And yeah, it's like, and then there's the moments where you're down to like three to nothing and then come back. And yeah, so back, no, I, but I think I went through full prestige one and I was on like fabled one. So I was up to like three or four K again. I just got my card to seven and it just played everything there. Everything. Yeah, so once yeah. I got to seven, so I was just getting the most rep I could Bro, on the passage of wealth. I know I'll guess it's very patient, but I had to say, yeah. I didn't even realize just casually playing. I'm like, yo. I got six wins. Yeah. We didn't lose yet. Oh, and then we lost two times. Uh, <laughs> I was like, same, so close to the, you know, the the uh, freelance uh, lighthouse. I I've have never, I was definitely like, not done that yet. I was like, yo, it's never happened. And I'm like, wait a minute, how many wins do I got? Okay, but anyway, enough about us. You've been to the lighthouse in general, though, right? I don't know if I've been in D two. I'm trying. I don't actually know. Why don't it's, we take you? We should. It's like at some point with... we should. Yeah, this coming okay. weekend's probably not the best, but soon. Why, yeah. why don't y'all take me? <laughs> I've taken you, Cog. You did. Wasn't wasn't your first time in D two with me? Yeah, you and I played with uh with uh was, one of one of my guys from uh from. No, my no, no, that was attic. That was attic. I was supposed no, to no. be in that one. No, no, I did it with you first. I did it with you first, and then you told me because remember you said the carry was real. I just remember you being like, "Oh yeah, the backpack had room." No, 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 no. You are right. You are right. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you twice. I went twice. Yeah, yeah. And then you told me to do it with addict, and I did it. Yes, correct. Well, for our guest's sake, I will work on moving us forward in the show. All right, guys, I'm on a bit of a time schedule tonight. So, yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the last word episode number 217. This week, War Priest, Scallywag, and Seasonal Challenges started to test the patience of many players. Ryan Reynolds broke nerd brains this week, and the times of Stadia are inevitably coming to an end. But tonight, we are joined by a guest who, like many, started his gaming and shooter ways with good old Halo. To balance out the FPS games, he also enjoys RTS. The nuance and details of strategy are something that shows you how his brain may work it a little different than other people's. Halo love, Halo love led right into Destiny Addiction, but if you spend any time with this man's Microsoft Paint-focused YouTube videos, you'll know he really does enjoy the nitty-gritty numbers and cones of this crazy game we all love. We all think we know how to craft a weapon. But after watching our guest tell me I crafted it wrong and then explain reason, details, examples, it's really hard to argue with him. So honestly, yeah, just go watch his videos. While his ISP caused some streaming issues in the past, this man still achieved Twitch partner, grew a fantastic Discord community, and his young YouTube channel has already blown past 10,000 subs. So let's welcome a man who actually enjoys skill-based matchmaking and good matches, hates bows with an absolute passion, and has smart and has smartly co-created a the term zone of stupidity. 
He is part of Nola Flight, goes unexpectedly hard for Waffle House, and has a dog who poses for some adorable photos. A warlock main who might be one of the most OP shade binders in all of Crucible, and enjoys going off meta to find new ways to win. The one, the only, Glow. How you doing, sir? That was quite a flattering introduction. Thank you so much. That's why we're here. See if we can get you to blush before we even get you to start talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well, man. I've been uh, been deep in the grind this past week and, you know, just enjoying making content and being free to do so from the I- ISP woes. Which oh, ISP were you nice. fighting with? Cause yeah, what you fighting with? Mine. Oh, God, man. Um, I, I was trapped by Cox for about two years. Yeah, I'm Spectrum, I, no, and I always forget the connection. I don't think those are the same, but they both suck. I, uh, I literally was monopolized, so like there were no options. Uh, my girlfriend and I moved across the city the just to be able to get a different option. So, power to mm. the people. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I'm with you, but I've been in that, that situation before. It is the worst when you have no option. Ugh, you're just at the mercy of that whack. I guess. <laughs> it's it's incredibly frustrating because yeah. uh, you know you see promise with uh, with Twitch and with YouTube. Like I, I could see the potential was there for me if I could just be consistent. Mm-hmm. Fighting that's rough. No, no, I hear you, brother. We all empathize. Like I went what through is... my streaming woes of trying to make sure this podcast didn't like die midstream. When for a good while there, there was like six months. I had texts come out to my house like six times, and then I figured out recently I'm in this like void of like two minute walking distance. There's fiber all around me, and I'm oh, on like no. cable. So I'm like, all right, I don't know who I have to harass, but I was like, the the ball has started rolling. <laughs> I have a ticket in at to get work on getting fiber. So it's hopefully like my year end goal that I can get that switch done because it's cheaper and faster. So I'm like, yeah. So yeah. Well, I am yeah. praying for you, man, because it has been life changing. Believe yes. it. Absolutely. So we're real quick want to jump into the history um from the gaming standpoint. Obviously, a lot of our destiny brethren also came from Halo. So we we like that connect connection. I want to ask you about that, but also want to ask you about the RTS because I do I'm kind of like Terra base and RTS a little bit. So I want to start with first Halo and then the RTS love. How did those kind of start for you? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, as I kind of described, uh, Halo was uh, my stepsister at the time's boyfriend just came over with an Xbox one day and was like, hey, you want to see this game I have? It's like, yeah, sure. I was like maybe eight or nine. I don't know. And uh, he showed me Halo CE <clears throat> and uh, we sat down and played the campaign and it was just revolutionary, man. I think Halo CE was really ahead of its time. And uh, as, a, as a kid who's only like only real gaming experiences before that were like, I don't know, Mario Party, Mario Kart, like hadn't really delved too deep into it. And then shooting aliens in Halo C was like, man, just revelationary, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then that kind of like ignited my love for Halo and, and for FPS games in general, I think. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then the RTS component, like how did that start? I'm just curious. Ah, uh, Halo man, Wars. I don't even really know. What if it was also Halo? <laughs> what if it was Halo Wars? Yeah, Halo Wars. I, I did play Halo Wars. So I was excited for that game. Nice, um, nice but the way sense. I think it started was I just had like this uh, this old rusty computer at my grandparents' house that really couldn't run anything other than you know really not graphically intensive games. Um, I had a pirated copy of Civilization Two that I think I started playing first, um, mm-hmm. and it took you know minutes for turns to process, and I still sat there and like played games through man because it was like it, it was just addictive you know um mm-hmm. but i i think that i like that game for the same reason i liked playing multiplayer fps's is because it's very you know at some level like kind of analytical yeah, it, there's a lot of yes. strategy involved um mm-hmm. 
I've always liked that aspect of the game more than like the mechanical shooting or like, you know, the actual aiming side of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is it more like the tactical and the strategy layer aspect as well? That really kind of kind of brings you in that kind of entices you? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's something I think my team in Destiny uh, really enjoys as well is analyzing gameplay. We try to win without like individual gun skill. Like, obviously, like we, we, we aren't bad aimers. We practice it, but uh, we try to outthink our opponents. And I think that's why we see the success we see is because not, we're not necessarily like fantastic individual players. I, I think we're definitely like greater than the sum of our parts uh, as a unit, you know? I feel you. Trav, you got some questions for the amazing glue? Yeah, of course. Uh, first, I was just going to say, like, totally agree on uh, Combat Evolved. Something that still amazes me, I talk about this whenever I talk about shooter games, uh, like in reviews or whatever, is um, Combat Evolved is still kind of the gold standard for enemy AI in shooters. Yo, I just feel about that. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of crazy. Like, Every shooter has worse AI than Combat Evolved, including Destiny, which that is game is genuinely difficult. It it's super difficult, and the way that like the enemies respond to you, especially in Legendary, where like they dive out of the way and they throw grenades and they know when to return fire and back up and press the attack. It's just like whoever worked on that sandbox or that AI should just like reveal to the world what they did. Because we need that. Like, how the heck did the did gaming not evolve in that one specific area? Even though that it's just it, it, it baffles my mind. Like, how many games just have terrible AI? So I think like that practically AI all of them. Yeah, I think that AI designers have actually walked back from that difficulty with intentionality because uh, Bungie gave a talk at GDC. I don't know a few years ago where they talked about how the AI intrinsically, uh, the way it's designed, is actually on par with that and is extremely difficult. And they walk it back because it wouldn't be fun to have a vandal immediately headshot the player every five seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the enemies are actually programmed to be bad because otherwise it wouldn't be a good experience for the player. Yeah. I mean, it's not even that they're good. It's just that they respond to what you do in a way yeah. that, that other shooters don't. Realistic that reactions like, are hard to kill. Yeah. Because like there, there's a I read this um this article about uh the philosophy of like game design where it was talking about like tricks that they do like. One of the tricks is in a lot of shooters, anytime you get shot at by an enemy, they will always guarantee to miss the first time they shoot at you to give mm. you a chance to respond. Yeah. And like one of the games that does that is like Bioshock. And I think Halo might do that in some of its games too. Where yeah, like they have the Stormtrooper aim. Yeah, they have the Stormtrooper <laughs> aim just for the first shot. Just for the first shot to kind of like, it's like almost like a warning shot to get mm. the player's attention that they're in a combat mm. encounter, right? I think stuff like that is smart. I don't think you need to make it the smartest in the world or the, the hardest in the world. Like they don't have to have perfect aim but they should at least feel like they're playing with the player. Like yeah. that they have a little bit of back and forth. And I just feel like so many games get mm -hmm. nowhere close to that. And it's crazy yeah. to me. So anyway, I just want to say my, my love of, of, of uh, combat evolves AI is still, I mean, it still blows oh. my mind that, that it was as good as it was. Um, I wanted to ask about um, your character class. Yes. It's tough. Man. What do you, um, what do you rep in these days? Uh, I'm pretty much always the Shade Binder main. What, 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 what class is that? What class? Warlock. Warlock. Oh, okay. Oh. Mm, mm. 
The thinking man's class. Okay. Now, what, what kind of just drew you to the walk lot class? You know, I'm, I'm sensing that I'm walking into a landmine here. I don't know where it's at, but I <laughs> just don't worry about these two titans next to you. You amongst uh, okay. family. Yeah, you okay. Okay. these two crayon eaters over here. So yeah. I knew. I even I was I was doing a little bit of research for the show, watching a video, and there was Titan Slander in the video, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna, it's there." Okay, all right, yep. Yeah, you're a man of culture. All right, he shut this informed, refined decision of being a warlock. Well, you see, part of, part of choosing a warlock is accepting that, uh, you know, the, the game is played on an intellectual level. It's not about just running and punching people, you know. Um, I, I know Titans man. Titans wouldn't get that, but, you know, it's... Uh... I'm with you, brother. I'm, I'm so with you, man. It, now, was yeah, it, like, for me, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not about punching people. It's about healing yourself because you aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what no, the game's uh, about. <laughs> I, I think that the, honestly, like there are there are different types of titans, and only certain ones of them frustrate me because there are like the I'm gonna run at you and shoulder charge, and like I don't really care if I kill yeah, you. I just want to do Yeah, okay. yeah. On the other hand, like you have the titans who like uh, I guess like Nom Three and Cool Cheese are good examples of, of like real tacticians who use their abilities to to draw aggro from the enemies, like you would expect a titan to, and and are able to. Move the battlefield in ways that I think is really impressive. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. No, no. Battlefield. So now I got to get to the to the nitty gritty though. Like right now, obviously we've had the three They've dropped, right? You know, a lot of from a survivability standpoint, solar is really strong for us. Like I know you shade binding out here, crazy. Like, and he says I don't thing. need any of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You you doing your thing as a shade binder? So I guess my question is order of ranking. Is it is it shade binder? Is it is it stasis? And then what falls into? Because for me right now, when it's high level content, obviously I'm, I'm hitting solar. Stasis is the most fun for me, but I actually think like Void 3.0 is just so criminally underrated as a warlock. So I'm curious as a warlock, being which of the subclasses that you really are we talking PvP, PVE, the whole let's do game? P- let's do let's do PVE first. Let's do PVE, PvE first. first. Yeah, I mean I think you know Well of Radiance is kind of overpowered even in its nerf state and i think yeah. it'll always be the top dog until that changes mm-hmm. um second i think it's probably shade binder just because of access to like font of might and mm-hmm. uh adept reads regret is extremely strong in the current mm-hmm. meta um chill clip rockets is pretty underrated if you haven't heard mm-hmm. about that yet um mm-hmm. so, so yeah i i think shade binder is probably second and then okay what's third uh, when, when you freestyle when you get in when you know switch it, it up. it's, it's got to be void right because arc is terrible Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. You don't care. I feel that. I feel and then PvP obviously shaped by it. That's where it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't even play the other ones in PvP. So. <laughs> He's like, what are those? When Solar three point excuse me, when Solar three came out, I literally did not play it at all. Really? I, I, haven't, I haven't touched Arc three either. Really, I I used the melee once in PvE, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go back to shape by there. Oh, you wasn't even dipping and dodging as a solar with the, with your with your little movement. No, no movement. No I, I, uh, I'm know. a like a real like creature of habit. Uh, I, I, I like to like find a play style that I identify with, and then I play it for for five thousand hours. Like, I don't... <laughs> seven thousand hours. It's seven thousand. Seven thousand. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's just how I operate, though. I, I I take hold of a play style, and I I like to truly master it before I move on to something else, or if I ever do. I will say I can't remember who which one of our guests mentioned it, and then I watched you do it in a clip as well, uh, or at least your shade binder. 
Playing enough trials over the weekend, I ran into the uh, very smart warlocks who look at their radar and drop their rift that will freeze you right when you get close. Mm -hmm. Man, that will piss you right off. You're like, all right, so <laughs> I don't have a whole lot, but I got to push in on this guy. And then it's just like, That's no, it, like it works, like man. It's, it works. It's a great it's strong defensive utility, move. but it's also kind of like psychological warfare, right? Like, because getting frozen really does tilt you. Like, it's it's extremely tilting, and I think that's part of why it's so strong is because yeah not only am i gonna freeze you and kill you but now you're also tilted and like that's more of an advantage for me yeah what you get the man what you get for the man otherwise I, I'd, I'd warlock this whole podcast I'm no no yeah it's like honestly <laughs> just because you are such a group yeah we can't go warlock all night sorry not gonna happen that's uh happening. before we get into like pvp or pve and patches and things of that nature um this guy and uh you know, some of us who weren't playing 100 hours, but that's totally fair to do a review. Um, trials this weekend, especially playing freelance. We have a long running segment on this show. Yes. And the show is Let's Help You Bontis, this guy. Be better <laughs> at PvP. And mm -hmm. throwing myself under the bus for this one so Travis can continue his uh, multitasking over there. Yeah. No, but the idea is Trials. Freelance is a unique little animal because you can go be in cr control or mayhem or whatever, or even rumbles like actually a pretty good one that people should play, but trials freelance. I wanted to see if you have a couple of good tips, thought process you go through as a freelance situation, because you know, playing as a team is important, but you're not set up to talk to them and you're not kind of loaded out to be, you know, synergized with your teammates or anything. I wanted to see what your tips would be how you can be the best teammate in freelance or, you know, whether it's class, whether it's loadout options, whether it's just like maybe adapting to the situation, having different stuff with you, how can you be the best teammate in freelance? And that's what I was kind of curious. So which, what tips you could give struggle bus sure. over here? Like me, I actually play a lot of freelance uh, to say to start. Um, I, I guess one of the things that I like to do in lobbies is, and I think this is what determines if you win or lose. It's, how quickly you can accurately assess the lobby. And what I mean by that is who are the good players? What is the cheesy stuff that's being used? Who are the bad players? Are they on your team? Who is like, do you need to play a support role? Is it up to you to frag or you lose? Like trying to figure out those conditions is what determines whether or not you win or lose the game more than any individual performance. Um, so if I know that I'm the best player on my team, I take it upon myself to beat the shit out of my teammates and I don't feel bad about it at all. Um, and what I mean by that is literally I will stand behind one of my blueberries and wait for him to start taking damage before I slide out and kill the guy that's damaging mm, because, God, the process. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because I know at that point, the, either A, he's put in damage, which doesn't always happen, but you know, wishful thinking, um, or B, <laughs> the other guy is shooting at him and won't be shooting at me, which means that I should probably survive that fight. And I now have the shade binder kit to win the remaining one V two because you know, Teammates are teammates sometimes. Hey, um, Travis so. got questions. Travis, well, like you, were, you had questions about his uh, thought process. I wanted to, wanted to jump in on that. Not really. I oh, mean, okay. You have to figure face. out who on your teammates going to be the sacrificial lamb and go from there. And got it might be you. It might be you. There, there are games where I am in the freelance lobby and I am the weak link. And at that yeah. point, I know it's my job to be the one that slides out and get baited. So it's yep. you have to you have to like make that read quickly because it determines you know your ultimate success in the game. No, Glow, you on fire. I mean, literally, I've never heard someone verbalize my thought process in PvP, especially trials. That's literally how I play. I start the match and I just try to be as objective as possible with 
the first two rounds, how they went, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, clearly, I, and I, I start looking at usernames. All right, this guy, okay, cool. He's definitely the good player here. Either stay behind or I'm looking at who's getting picked first. And sometimes yep. I'm like, yo, I'm going to stay next to you because clearly you can get your head pitched. And I need to do, I need to know what you're doing <laughs> so I can yeah. either jump in front or so on and so forth. And then other times I'm like, man, I'm with two stallions. Like these are, they're set. Don't get picked. Be, be smart. Yep. Don't over challenge. Just, just be smart. Throw down, you know, some riffs or support to if I or team shoot and stuff like that. And then a couple of times I've noticed I've been like way too passive and I'm playing with like like some real bulldogs and going grass. And then sometimes I get left behind and then things happen and, and it kind of goes to the detriment of the team. So it's funny you say that. It's like reading the situation and and really paying attention to your teammates and how the reaction really actually helped my play style a bit. I was like, yep. oh yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Good advice. If you watch good teams play trials, uh, a lot of like the quote unquote communication that they're doing is nonverbal. Um, and that's why you see great teams who aren't necessarily screaming callouts at one another. They're just looking at their radar. They're looking at each other's positions on the map. They're looking at the enemy positions on the map. Um, and when you learn that skill set and you're able to like analyze the game state, uh, you can start applying those kinds of things to freelance as well. And you don't need you don't need your teammates to tell you what they're doing because you're able to read the map. I will say though, totally agree, totally agree. But to E's point, <laughs> when freelance is not there. <laughs> Oh. And then you face that three stack, you can tell the call outs in communication are so sharp. Because <laughs> I'm like, how they got to be so fast? How do they know? And that oh, kind of thing. It's, and it's such a difference. It yeah, when, a difference. It, when you can see the symphony of another team that's like put together Ooh. and somebody gets a pick over here, and then all of a sudden the flanks, it's literally like Jurassic Park. And he's like, clever girl. Because it's like, you're looking at, yeah. you're hope, trying to dodge the sniper, and then you're looking down a lane too much, and then all of a sudden you get flanked. And you can tell just like, and it's so fast, some of the ones that do. And that's one thing I will say, too, because I got to play, I can't even remember who I was playing with. It was Aries and somebody else. The speed of which high-level skill can move. Yes. Like the ground they cover, whether it's the exotics or just the, you know, the dodges and things. But knowing probably the absolute optimal path to go through a certain area, if there's an opening, they're dashing through it to make sure they're not like possible target yeah. or anything just the movement is crucial because it's always getting the you know get to your lane get the position first obviously you have those first pieces to it but yeah when you're like because that's the thing for me when i'm sitting back and i'm like i'm kind of i'm trying to do what you're doing but i'm not at like the skill level so i'm trying to like first i want to see it's like do these two people go in the same direction because if you start lobbying they split and i'm like oh god Okay, then you got to see, does one of them get picked to figure out which yep. lane are they looking at maybe as a group? Does somebody have a good snipe? Um, is somebody killing me with lane Menark? Is it one of those, all of those things? Yeah, if you start getting tagged by a bow, you're like, oh, okay, we have a good bow user. This is, this is trouble. Um, but yeah, those first two rounds can do a lot because I have noticed a couple times it's really fun to kind of watch the team that you're with on freelance Get crushed in the first couple of rounds. And all of a sudden, for some reason, we're like, all right, let's wake up. And then it starts <laughs> to like turn and you really start to push Excuse back it. on them. And you're like, okay, so we're going to switch. Okay, we're going to. There's sometimes I just, some I want to scream because there's like the one every so often, the same two will like go down the same lane. I'm like, you know, we could challenge their like perfect little setup they have here if we just tried the other direction for a minute. And then whether if they don't go, we end up losing. But if we do and it starts to, to flip, that's when it gets really fun. So it's like, I I really do enjoy freelance trials when I get a chance to play a pretty good amount. 
it's just it's when it's not there man it is just painful <laughs> some games are definitely just frustrating and, and something I, I talk to my chat and my my community about all the time is learning to discern the difference between things that are like controllable um things that are a result of your own misplays or your own performance and what is just destiny you know what, what is out of your control um because to me that that's how you you regulate your tilt and make sure that you're not like um you know being too hard on yourself for something that you literally had no control over um if, if some guy teleports into you and does the new arc warlock melee and it kills you because you were close to a wall like probably nothing you could do there you know maybe your yeah. positioning could have been a little bit better but uh, that you can eliminate those things by by looking at film, and I encourage my my uh, community to do that a lot because it's something that helps you learn what is your fault versus just you know destiny bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say it's like those moments where it's like, oh, why did I get killed? And I'm like, I'm standing in the middle of an open field. Of course, I'm gonna get yeah. killed. I'm like, that's one of those. I'm like, all right, let's let's you know play a little bit more corners more as opposed to. Why, why did I die there? It's like, those are the moments, and somebody in chat's even like, I didn't realize I was a PvP enthusiast. Destiny, you should never take too seriously, first off. Because everybody's like, is it balanced? Is it not? It's like, it's in a reasonable state at this point. Everybody, every subclass has its ups and downs. But, like, there's, if you cannot take it too serious and just, like, try and think, like, why did I die there? Did I just, is that team amazing? Or was I standing in the middle of an open field and somebody sniped me because it's not hard to do? Like, there's a very di big discrepancy there. So if you can think about what you may have done wrong or what worked, it's actually, you know, you can learn from it. So I get more frustrated at the times where I make the, the dumb play than I do the times where, like, I just get shit on by destiny. Like, because I know it's something that's in my control and, like, ultimately yeah. I am actively trying to get better at, you know? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely. I was going to ask you quick, quickly about, like, just loadouts and what i was noticing there were a couple loadouts that i never really had to be challenged against that would really give me some problems and i really started facing some really dominant forerunner users and i'm like i don't know how to handle that <laughs> like because i was winning most of my exchanges and i know when to get out of it if someone had to drop on me first during the initial exchange but like from long range but yeah i was just like man this I cannot challenge that. Like, is there certain loadouts right now that you have seen right now that you're like, well, these are really top tier. These are really tough in the hands of a good player. A bow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I, I think Monarch is top tier in the hands of any player. Doesn't need to yeah. be a particularly good one. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like Forerunner, I do think Forerunner is a really strong loadout, and I've, I've heard people call it overpowered. I don't think it is. Um, tell me, tell me I, I think. Uh, so the way I normally combat Forerunner, if I run into it in, in Trials or Freelance, is um, you, have, you have limited amounts of ammo, right? So uh, mm -hmm. being disciplined in your peak shooting goes a long way, because if you're, if you're a hand cannon user or a pulse rifle user, you can peek out, take a burst, take a shot. Um, they probably spam two at you. Even if they hit you, you go back behind cover. Um, they only spawn with six bullets, seven bullets, something like that. Um, I count the damn thing. I, I count how many bullets they have. I think it's worth doing, because you know, as soon as they're out of ammo, they're now just sitting on a primary weapon and it's usually an SMG um, mm -hmm. or perhaps Drang. So either way, you have like a range advantage on them, right? Mm -hmm. um, to me, that's, that's, that's how you fight it. You, you can't get caught out in cover, but I mean, you can't get caught out of cover by a, a messenger, by a no time, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's no different than those weapons. I think it just takes a little bit more discipline peak shooting. Yeah, no, fair enough. Good advice, good advice. What else we got for the That's what he says. <laughs> this is advice. <laughs> what about you, Travis? What are your how? What is your any questions so we can help this man in PvP? This man. Oh, is you? Uh, my questions. 
I guess my question, since you're a shade binder warlock, is how dare you? <laughs> uh, you and my 154 you, Steam sir. comments also say that. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use Lamonarch extra hard because of that. And I am a Lamonarch Titan user. Okay. Oh I, man. I I put up barricades. I control the battlefield, and then right when they don't expect to get hit with Lamonarch, I hit them with it, and they are effed. And that's how I play Crucible. So you know what? Just because of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Lamonarch on. Maybe I'll buy a new skin for it. Who see? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> He's going extra hard. Edge. Extra hard yeah. on Monarch. Extra hard. He's going extra Solid high. month on Twitter arguing with Mercules about whether or not Monarch was balanced before he got hired by Bungie. So, oh yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was what was that exchange like? What, what what's uh, Merc saying? We had a boy. What, what's he saying? Uh, I mean, I think Merc ultimately, prior to getting hired by Bungie, was was more in it for the last on Twitter than he was like uh, you know rational debate. Um, I think I was kind of similar at the time. So it was more just, you know, good natured back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. What, what do you feel strongly right now? The most strongest against in PVP right now? What are you not feeling that needs to change? We had some strong thoughts about maybe uh, competitive playlists and ranking systems and stuff. But just overall, what's your strongest feel it takes on PVP in the Jesse Sandbox? Um, I think there needs to be some sort of motivation for high-end pvp that isn't loot based um i think that's my biggest criticism of the system at whole um and by that i mean what trends right now i feel like the where do you go to play against other good players in pvp right now because for oh, me it's control get a travis right now okay. like apparently um, control because skill-based matchmaking is not even in trials because is... i go to trials and i lose maybe five games a weekend if i'm playing with my team if that uh i go to the survival playlist no one cues it when I match yeah. te other teams, they leave. Uh, when I play Rumble, it is not skill-based matchmaking. There are two good players in the lobby, and you just race to farm the other four. Um, so where do you go to play good players right now? Control? Private matches? That's not sustainable, in my opinion. Um, Halo. I would like to see... Yeah, yeah, Halo. No one's playing that um, game either. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think the just answer the good is players. needs to be There's some sort of ranked playlist. Yeah, yeah. It's literally yeah. the pros left. A ranked playlist is, I guess, the TLDR. We need some sort of place for good players to go. So our, right, well. our, our hope, like, I mean, next season, they've teased that, right? Season 19, some type of comp survival well, okay, glory I don't know rework. that that's true. I remember oh, seeing that somewhere. I've like, I you feel did. like, yeah. Break the exact word that you saw was a glory rework. It was not a ranked playlist. Because I see this. No, I, I talked about yeah, it a long time. Exactly. Yes. Like, if it's not There's guaranteed, a, but like, if yeah, they rework glory if it's not like, I mean, I think I was listening to you on a massive breakdown and you were just like, I want to see the number go up or go down, like depending on, you know, and if you're yeah. up at the top, not everyone should be up at the top or be able to get up there. Like there's, I remember I was listening to you talk about that because I was kind of curious where you stood. That's why I was like, we'll get to SPMM here in a minute. But if they rework glory and they don't do something in the realm of a ranked playlist, I feel like that's just going to go over so poorly. Do you, is there anything cynical, else you but like? Is there anything else no. you think that it could be like? I would not be shocked if they just put glory in Rumble or like <laughs> some absurd like. They add I mean, a couple like, modes it surprise to me. No, you know I mean you? you're not wrong. It's like a bar is so low, we ain't got no faith. <laughs> but I was like, I think uh, every every Crucible player we have on here, whether they like skill based matchmaking or not, which we'll get to in a second, because I can't wait to see Travis's face light up. But, um. 
like, I think every single person that we've asked has been like a ranked playlist, a ladder system, a ranked playlist. Like I've never heard more common feedback except for, you know, a couple random things where they just Bungie makes it, you know, where almost the whole community thinks that's a bad decision. But like the ranked playlist is really common feedback. So if they don't, man, that's just going to be so sad. Because that's way, exactly they're hesitant because they think they failed with the original launch of the 5500 system back in Forsaken. But I think that system was was not correct. Yeah. You had a, yeah. you had the success tied to loot, which was objectively better than the rest of the meta at the time. You also had a cap on the ranking system. So once people got to 5500, they gate kept other people from climbing yes. as well without yeah. having. So you should just have not have a cap on the ranking system. Um, I think that was a failure. And I think Bungie is hesitant because of that and the feedback that they received through that system. Mm. All right. Well, different yeah. question. By the way. I just want to say before you move on, e, that a uh, competitive playlist was not always a popular opinion. It, well, it the is rank, like the ranked, like the ranked, ranked ladder player. or whatever. The ranked ladder playlist has not always been a popular opinion in in Destiny. I feel like it's grown in like the last six months, six to nine months. But like when we first started talking about it, we we had some people on the show where they were like, "Why would you ever put that in the game?" I think Paul Tassi said that, didn't he? Wasn't Paul Tassi like, "Who's gonna come and play that?" You know, who's who wants to get sweatier in Destiny or something like that? I feel like it's, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's, it's kind of, re and it might have something to do with the fact that Trials is no longer competitive, right? It's, I mean, it's competitive, but it's a, a microcosm of competitive sandbox. It's not really, it's, uh, it's not, not a ring. I mean, I think last week when you, I think Cog, you said it's like somebody, they need a place to flex. Like the PvP players, if they get that Onyx, they get that top ranking, who's going to be the number one player in Destiny right now? And who's going to be like two, three, four, and five? And they're like duking it out. And you see that list like changing up and down. Like that's going to be something people go for. So, I mean, it's like, that's one of those I do think, as you said, I mean, Trials is, uh, what was it? True Vanguard did this like 40 minute video over the idea of like, have they been casualizing Destiny more and more? Because now it's like, you can just put in time in trials. And that's like, I'm guilty of it. But it's like, I put my time and I go through and I had 20 engrams this weekend and I was just trying to get rolls on the boat. Did I get a depth loot? No, but I'm too worried about a depth. No. Um, but yeah, as you For the record, I'm okay with that. I think that's how it should be. Like, I think trials should be something that you can, you can brute force by time. Like, because it's a loot playlist. Yep. If, if there is loot tied behind this thing, then every player should have access to it. I don't think there's any reason to gatekeep players from loot. But if you have a ranked playlist, ideally there is no loot tied behind it, and there is no reason to make sure that every player has access to this this high-level title or whatever the hell it ends up manifesting as. Yeah, you know? would you want that, like... I mean, are you okay with, like, showering that playlist with cosmetics? Just, like, all the cosmetics possible? You just need to give me an emblem and put a number on it and let me make my number bigger than someone else's. That's <laughs> that's literally Flex. all I want. It yeah. doesn't need, like, this whole convoluted system i literally just want whenever i join up with drew for the day to play trials i want my number to be bigger than his so i can shit talk him about it that's literally all i want like <laughs> there you go so what what modes would you like to see in this competitive ranked like what modes would you like to see in there either what we have or maybe something we don't have what do you think fits that playlist I think you would like objective-based gameplay. Uh, I think Rift in its current state is not terrible for something like that. If you make the place like 4v4, maybe decrease the spawn timers in Rift a little bit. I think Rift would fit it. Um, zone control would be really good as well. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, like some kind of Slayer uh, game mode as well. Maybe just Clash. Um, but I, I think you want to look to like 
CDL game modes, uh, the Halo uh, HDS game modes for inspiration. Just mm. tried and true competitive FPS game modes. I don't think there's any reason to get fancy or try to destiny it. Like, let's capture the flag, stuff like that. Like, just, you know, tried and true FPS game modes, I think, would be pretty good staples there. Interesting, interesting. Respect it. Respect I feel like it. I interrupt Cog. Did you have a question or am I just uh, taking all your fun? No, no, no. You guys hit it. <laughs> you guys asked the guys. That's literally what I was going to ask of how I felt about all those things. And, and and now just, I guess my, my main thing was just like next season, the vibe I'm getting from Glow is like, he is setting expectations. He not, like I have my expectations really high for the competitive aspect of Destiny for next season. And now you're bringing me down a notch, man. You, you're taking my enthusiasm away, Glow. Like they, they not going to do too much. What, what are you hearing, man? I think the chances of a ranked playlist appearing next season is close to zero. Uh, I would, I would look for glory to be reworked in some manner, whether it's the cap being removed or it going back to glory based matchmaking. Uh, I, I think they're going to keep the glory system and just rework it in some way. I, there's no way that they're going to drop a competitive rework in a season. If, if okay. we were going to see some sort of ranked playlist, it's going to happen in Lightfall or in, Lightfall. in the future. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what about this? Get, get, let me give some, some hope here. So what about like this will be the foundational bridge to perhaps that big expansion rework. So this is that peak, that, that step where it's like, okay, we're looking at it. We're going to make these little changes. Because to your, to your point, there's not generally a lot they can usually do with the live team per se in a, yeah. in a seasonal format. So I do understand your logic there. That it does make sense. So I'm, I'm just hoping that it's not like, okay, we threw this cracker at you and now we're not talking to the PVP community for the rest of the, whatever, like light for, I would love to see that same bullet point energy, the way they do for every new feature when an expansion happens, new raid, new this, I would like to see PVP rework, you know, you know, rank system. That that's the that's the dream. That's what I'm hoping for. And maybe it does happen for, for life for the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, it, I definitely feel like I'm a bit cynical on the topic, but I just I noticed. It, <laughs> uh, but but uh, I mean, it's fair. I I, I I don't think it's unwarranted at this stage. No, though. I mean, honestly, until they prove us otherwise, it's fair to not expect too much it was like i could be talking to somebody in my discord about hey here's this idea for you know whatever and it's like i gotta kind of bring them back to earth i'm like you gotta think about what we got we gotta think about bungie's history we gotta think about the systems we do have to work within and it's like sometimes you do have to wonder it's like the expansions maybe something bigger comes and maybe this is like testing the glory and then maybe they do a ladder yeah. like because that's the thing i think i even made a video because I was just speculating about why does the survival playlist even exist? Because I'm sitting there playing freelance all weekend. But the idea is like if, because we've talked about it before, like combining a lot of the playlist into like a Valor playlist is the best name I could come up for it. Where it was like, where you have, you know, Rumble sometimes. And then you have like a lot of those different ones and you rotate through different modes. So the pool's bigger there. And then you could have, if they ever do the big comp rework, like a ranked thing, that could be there. Like Valor, Glory trials and iron banner like four nodes those are only often up so often but i mean take the take the the casuals in there and i didn't want to call it the casual playlist because that sounds mean but i mean that's the idea it's like casual and competitive seems like it was social it's a social playlist social, better, yeah. right? i like that i like that i like that for um, yeah i i just don't think that like a rank rework fits the scope of a season if, if we're gonna yeah. like think about it in development timelines right it just yeah. doesn't feel like it if it's the scope of a season you're not wrong depends on the season 
true. Yeah. We have seen crazy seasons, right? I just it was a trial it. season. They did a trial was, work yeah. off season. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's true. It's like I feel like we got Solar Arc and Void 3.0. This next season, I feel like, is going to be how balanced can we get these things before we throw another like wrench into the machine that is Strand? Because Strand's going to be here. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're actually going to kind of do a little Passover on Stasis, like one more time to see, like, is it bad? Is it good? Is it too much? Too little in comparison to where all the other 3.0 settles, like Stasis 2.0, and you're like, don't mess with my Shade Binder. (laughs) I want another super. I want another Stasis super to match the other like. I mean. That would be nice. That would be nice because I am really tired. Oh, tired. I mean, Travis and I over here is like, oh, I've got ice fists, and then this time I'm gonna have strand fists. I'm like, can I have something besides a fist, please? Like, <laughs> they should let Behemoth throw the spear. Like, that'd be a cool super. Yeah, there, there's. I would, I would like some options on that one. I agree, and that's yeah. Stasis. I, I was like, I totally get it. Like warlocks for stasis. You guys got one of the coolest ones. The range, the freezing, the melee. Like you have a lot of versatility. Travis and I both like we hated the stasis subclass because it was awful for the titan. Like it does not do a whole lot. I know. I think there's probably some people that probably could make it work for for the average. Just was not exciting compared to the rest. So that was not fun. We but had I, to use it for the grenade in PvP. Yeah, uh, my my friend Wormy played that class a lot when it came out. And he called it the Kool Aid Man subclass. Just throw the name, and run through people with it. Yep, that makes sense. So I wanted to get your kind of official take because I feel like I've seen it, but I want everybody to hear it. Um, SBMM, where do you stand on this whole topic in general? I am in favor, generally speaking, of any system that improves the health of the game, and I don't care at what personal cost it comes to me. Um, However, I do enjoy playing in skill-based matchmaking more than I did stomping, you know, players who had no business being in my lobby. Um, I think it is infinitely more fun. It's more entertaining for my stream. It's easier to make content off of for me because there's 9 million videos on YouTube of good players mowing through bad players. Like, that's not interesting. To me, it's interesting whenever you know the other people on the enemy team that I'm mowing down. And so that's why I enjoy skill-based matchmaking. Um, my friends and I are the kind of team that we wait until the flawless pool is out and then we deliberately throw our sleep schedule so that we play at four in the morning just so that we can play good teams. That's like, that's, that's he outside and, and we don't win. Like we don't win all of those games, but like we want to play them. You know what I mean? Like oh. how, how, cause there's nowhere else to, to find that. Like where else do you find that in the game? We, it's private matches and believe me, we play those too, but like. To me, control is an easy way for me to play other good players now, and I'm I'm excited about that. Mm, let's break this down. You, you drop oh, some yeah. major nuggets, some major oh, balls yeah. just there. Uh, <laughs> me and Chad were just smiling like proud dads right now. We love this. But my question though is like, what about the pushback when they say clove? I don't want to sweat every match. I wanna, I wanna go in there and have fun, and I don't want Destiny to have that. I shouldn't be matched to get the people close to me because you know the reality is it's it's just too sweaty. It's it's not fun when it's that competitive. What is what is your response to that? I think that that is the that is a valid um, perspective that is coming from. It is a valid perspective, but it's they're not communicating what the true problem is. I think. Um, when they say they don't want to sweat, what they mean is they don't want to play six acts of the monarchs or they don't want to play the uh, overtuned parts of destiny that 
whenever you're in a skill-based environment and you are at the top of the bracket, those things bubble up because sometimes the loadout just makes you better in Destiny, um, for better or for worse, right? I think what um, they're so, saying is they don't want to lose, personally. Um, I think that might be a bit cynical for some of them. Um, speaking as someone who, like, frequents that bracket of players, uh, <laughs> I, I think that there are a... Uh, there's a healthy amount of people who are good at the game who don't mind playing other good players. Uh, I think that they just don't like being forced to play against what they perceive to be cheese, for better or for worse. Ooh, okay, okay. So you say like the deeper issue, whether it be maybe, you know, bending the knee, so to speak, to the current meta, and they feel that they would have to do that to compete. So it's more of the loadout being the issue as opposed to the competitive landscape of skill-based matchmaking. I think a good example is a good player will probably tell you last season if they wanted to ultimately like play their best, they put on Omni Oculus and Lord of Wolves. And okay. at the higher skill brackets, if you had skill based matchmaking last season and you know that went down, I think you would have seen probably lobbies with seven or eight people with Omni Lord of Wolves. And there's no way you can cut that and say that's fun. Um because it is overtuned. I I think there's no way around it, right? Um, this season, though, I think that there are not nearly as many outliers. Um, so I do think there is a little bit of uh, weenie behavior going on among some of the better players uh, complaining about th these these high level skill based matchmaking games. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that they're they're complaining, but their complaints weren't focused in the right area, in my opinion. You're basically saying like when SBMM affects a high level player, it's typically not that they nor like. If you if you're worried about being able to like try other weapons in there, that doesn't seem to be the issue. It's when you are facing nothing but like, as you said, if the cheese is a little overflowing during that those moments when it's just like the stuff that, you know, supposedly in the top meta, even though you're literally counter meta guy. But as you said, some of the stuff you that's just said, I play it. Yeah. Omni Lord of Wolves, for example. And you're just like, that's that's not going to be a great time if you're facing for or like, yeah, as you said, layman arcs just everywhere you're going Okay, at some point. So Again, I get those. And it's like all day, right? But at some point, I feel like having SBMM actually show that, like if they can look at that high-level players and see in the matches like what's in there frequently, they could I almost agree. use that as data that could be like, okay, this this does seem to be kind of broken. For whatever reason, everybody's using it, so let's like maybe an easier thing to investigate at that point as well. I agree. I think it helps us get truer usage rates because uh, previously yeah. people were just able to use whatever, and now if if you care to win, you have to actually play the meta. Um, and I think, yeah, like you said, it'll be more representative of what the game actually is. Yeah. Uh, one th other thing I wanted to ask you is they described the skill curve, like the big bell curve was like slightly shifted. It was like negative a thousand to a thousand. And they said the average person's at like a hundred. I'm probably sitting right at the top of that bell curve. So I've, I'm probably like dead middle and plenty of players to play with. I was curious in SBMM, in something like Control or, say, a social playlist, if SBMM is going to be on, how how wide for, say, somebody who's sitting at 1,000, like peak player, maybe not 1,000, but somewhere in that top 100, how far down do you think they should be? Because right now it feels like the issues that they have is, like, the higher you get, the smaller population you have. And granted, I don't think 1,000 should be anywhere near a negative 1,000, but how far in that range do you think top and bottom should stretch to give them hopefully better, especially in something social, like the ranked as we were talking about, hopefully as tight as possible. But in something like a social, I was curious, how wide do you think would be fair? Um, I, I don't think it's fair or, or right for me to guess at that. I mean, I don't have access to the data Bungie does, and I'm sure that they 
they can make that judgment call, and I trust them to make it much better than I could just sitting on the sidelines. Um, to me, I, all I ask is that my, my cues are not terribly long, and they haven't been. And I ask that my matches are not too laggy, and they haven't been. And, uh, you know, I'd like to have good quality of opponent, and, and I have. So no complaints for me so far. Nice. No doubt. No doubt. Respectful. Yeah. Well, do you guys want to well, go to... I like that he's just a moderate... Yeah, he's yeah this level-headed guy over here. It's so weird. Yeah, we usually we usually have people who are like dead set on one or the other and want to fight about it. And you're just like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. But ultimately, like I'm gonna play no matter what, right? Like so, sure. to me, it's whatever gets more people in the crucible because that means I get to play for longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Build, right. building that population. Um, is there anything else crucible related you guys wanted to talk about? Because I wanted to talk about some of the. Uh, other things going on. Those are my major ones. He 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 definitely has those. Okay. Not unless it's Arthur Miller's The Crucible. <laughs> probably probably not. Probably probably not probably a topic not. for this. Yeah, I don't think so. Cool. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys if you noticed the Bungie help thing that they mentioned, and also the patch notes this week. I don't know how much glow that you actually play PVE stuff. Are you? I play in- the whole game. Okay, fair. Um, there are some patch notes coming that seem to be trying to alleviate some things, plus the bungee help thing a day after Fallout dropped a video, like <laughs> six months into the season, or six, yeah, six weeks into the season. I'll start with the bungee help one, in case anybody doesn't know. Today, they tweeted, We are aware of an issue causing ruffians to despawn during the expedition experience, impacting progress Not for the really. robber baron triumph. A fix for this issue is currently in the works for a mid-season patch. Okay. Timing on this does beg a question. Because yesterday, Fallout was like, Scallywag title with a giant red X over it. And normally, like, you know, everybody's going to have their moments. And this is one where he went in. And I'm not trying to call him out because we're all thinking the same thing. He just verbalized it for... And he kind of gave it long enough. But it's like, when you start to dig in to be like, okay, what's it going to take for me to get the title? All right, I need 50 ruffians. Okay, how do you get the ruffians to spawn? Well, Scarrow went through and figured out they spawned at about three minutes, and then you have a maybe random dude, and mm-hmm. then at about, I think, six or so, I forget the other timer. But if you do the activity somewhat efficiently, like if you just mm-hmm. see the thing show up, chunk him in the buck in the treasure hauler, yeah, you are never going to make it to three minutes. It is, unless you are trying to like throw the basketball out of bounds constantly and literally just like uh, just you know throw the pass into the stands type thing like unless you are just literally throwing it away you're going to finish that thing too quickly i just wanted to ask you guys because it's that and then the twab had two patch notes and that's it uh to alleviate some pressure in acquiring season of plunder weapons the double perk weapon spoils upgrade will now give you a deep sight modded weapon the first time you focus it each week We've had this in previous seasons. Now they're changing this one. The deep sight modded weapon from the hidden compartment crew will now appropriately refresh. They said it was a bit of a doozy to address. So the second one seems like a bug where the master catch crash is supposed to drop a red one. It wasn't. Now it is. Um, But the other two is like. And this may be the kind of cynic in me, I guess, every so often might actually come out. Mm -hmm. Do you guys feel there is a point to where. And Bungie, if you guys are listening, I'm sorry for this one. Do you guys feel sometimes 
some of these decisions are almost made a little too engagement focused as opposed to fun focused because I'm, I'm going to say, yes, there's the, the fact that they realize there is an issue six weeks later. This is one of those moments. It's hard for me to believe. This is one of those cynical moments to be like, we've all known that this was a problem from day one. Like Scarrow was trying to figure it out day one. Fallout finally makes a video and then it's like, oh, we figured this like the timing seems convenient is one of those now things. And that's and, and that's what I wanted to ask and just say, do you guys think I'm crazy? Do you guys feel the engagement numbers they're going for on some of these things is like, well, they they pulled the timer out also of expeditions. Timer was there. Scarrow's like, hey, watch the timer. Now there's no timer. That happened before this was like. I was curious what you guys thought. Like, am I crazy? Am I being cynical? Where do you guys think of the way the seasons have been been progressing as well? Where do you guys feel some of these seasonal activities are going? Cor correct me if I'm wrong. So I I definitely cannot um, cannot blame you for being cynical about this because the whole thing was handled kind of um, poorly, but. Um, I, I don't think that they said that they just discovered this was a problem. Right. I mean, they they, stayed, All they, they did. They said, we are aware of an issue causing ruffians to despawn. Correct. Correct. So that, that's my point with, with your, with your argument about like how this is, a, this is six weeks and they've just now figured it out. I think they figured it out on week one. I just think that when you have a game like destiny, you have to choose what to get around to. And I don't think that this was on top of their priority list until the community started complaining about it. And then they're like, all right, we probably should get to that one. Cause I've worked at companies long enough to know that like, sometimes you just put something off as long as you think you can get away with, because you just have so much crap on your plate. I think that's what happened. I think they were like, yeah, we need to fix that scallywag thing yeah. maybe tomorrow. And then it just got away from them, especially since I know they're a remote working company now. Like I've also worked for remote working companies and like those are the worst at doing that because it's so easy to just like, you know, you're not seeing them at the office. They're not at your desk, like bugging you about it. So it's just easy to be like, oh, tomorrow we'll figure it out. You know what yeah. I mean? So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you that like it's the, the a the messaging is not great. The fact that this was a bug at all kind of shows the thoughtlessness thoughtlessness with which they craft their um their uh, seals and another thing that struck out to me which you know maybe this is just my relationship with destiny now but this is a hilarious problem to me because i knew about zero of the terms involved in this when they posted the patch notes i was like Scallywag, don't really remember what that is. Uh, the ruffians, not really familiar with them. Three minutes versus one minute, no idea what that's about. And I don't understand what any of this is. And that's just the type of player I am in Destiny because I like to have a, a good relationship with Destiny. So I do not go for seals, especially seasonal seals that are designed to be irritating and force you to play on a timeline. And uh, I... I like literally I looked at this and I was just like, dude, I have no idea what any of these words uh, mean. I feel like a blueberry. I feel like a kindergarten <laughs> who just doesn't play destiny very often. Uh, and it just kind of it kind of made me laugh. But I'm kind of glad I I didn't really understand what any of these words meant. So I don't know. So, yeah, to answer the first one, I don't think it, it's them being shady. I think it's probably just them being uh, inefficient in their timing and handling of tickets. 
I bet you this Jira ticket was floating yep. around for <laughs> yeah. like uh, for like a couple of weeks, and they're like, "Oh Jira. God, did we forget to assign that to someone? <laughs> nobody's assigned to that Jira ticket, <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and it's marked with major priority, but yeah. nobody's assigned it. We forgot <laughs> to do that. I bet you that's what happened. So that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't aware of it. I mean, this would be a great episode for Teddy, though. I wish Teddy was here oh, to God. give us the other <laughs> side because he would go in. He's so passionate about titles and. And the, the nuances, but that man is a beast. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave with Travis here because when you're on the other side of it, what you realize is that these companies know already. Anything, for the most part, it's rare that, let's say it's rare, but it, the, the chances of them, us, the community finding something versus them at that scale, they generally know about it, but just from a prioritization standpoint, or there's a lot of contingency players. So what will happen is, they know they, they, what the issue is, but it's, they say to themselves, okay, this is contingent on this other foundation that needs to be fixed first, and then we can get that. So it's kind of like an order of operation. There's steps. And sometimes a lot of the fixes we want for things that seem simple and basic are contingent on bigger layer stuff that may take more time. So I think that could be the situation. This is absolutely hilarious. I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know what was going on while people was flipping out. I, it sounded wild to me, so I was like, "Okay, cool." But um, yeah, they, they're aware of it. I mean, hopefully, you know, this does not, you know, in, like prohibit people long term, you know, with this whole getting this title thing. I know this is very important to people. I personally, you know, I'm not as interested in that because I can't. I don't have that level of investment. But there are people that really care about these titles, and this is very important that they can't do them in a timely fashion. My only thing is, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about it. Is I want to talk about the um, the six player stuff. That that to me is very funny right now. What's going on? And I, I I think my my theory is that I think they are softly pushing towards master seasonal content and forcing that engagement with the six player stuff. That I oh, think you're maybe talking about, you can do this thing for like seventeen runs, or you can do one master. That is that yes. what you're talking about? Okay, well, I feel that I feel that slight nudging. Put a pin in you... that for a second. I okay, want to ask Glow. I wanted to ask Glow. Yes. Just you know, if there was anything you wanted to add for the whole ruffian expedition thing, or you know, my initial. I think I, think I largely agree with what Travis said. Um, Destiny's kind of like steering a battleship, right? So anytime something pops up, it's priorities. With the team that is probably responsible for making the season is probably already making another season right now. Um, so they have to you know, shift around their work schedule to address this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any like tinfoil behind it. I think it's literally just timings. Do you guys think it was at all weird that the timer went away from the activity at some point, though? Coincidental. Weird, but coincidental. It was just odd. That was so all. What time Maybe. What is no, it that I'm like expedition? When you would start, there was just a timer. Like you know, you start a strike or whatever. There's a timer in the mm-hmm. bottom corner. Okay. Maybe it was like week three, because mm-hmm. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and kind of figure out who posted it. Cascara went through and figured out. He's like, okay, you got to do this many. Here's this thing. Here's how they spawn. If you wait long mm-hmm. enough, you could get up to four. But if you wait, you should get a minimum of two. Mm-hmm. And then it was like. I feel like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Maybe it was like week three or something. All of a sudden, you went into expedition. Timer was gone. There was mm. no timer in there. That's yeah. why I was like, and again, is that like a weird bug? Is that their way to like kind of mask it until they get the prioritization done? It's just odd. But what you actually were going to go to is probably even another interesting topic was this steering towards master. 
Now, granted, I will say I went to Bungie.net. I said, find a fire team on Tuesday. And I said, master catch crash. I found one. I hit join. And then you just find somebody's name. You type in join and it worked. And there were some deaths in there, but we eventually did. I got gold. I didn't get platinum. So I was like, that's kind of a thing. But do you feel that's like, because they've said LFG is potentially going to be about this time next year. Not Lightfall's raid, but like the free raid next year. Do you guys feel them pushing theoretically kind of almost story beats, pushing people into Master is a good thing to do related to seasonal content? Or do you, how do you think they're handling that right now? Because I know that's who you were talking about. So, Cog, if you want to open that can of worms, go nuts. It's just interesting because, um, you know, now that I've, I'm so ingrained into the seasonal model, every week is, you know, tune in next week for the latest story in this chapter of Destiny. So I want to know what's going on with Mythrax. I want to know, you know. And the first week, we like, okay. That, I mean, was it last week where they were like, okay, do this amount of champions. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a big number, but okay. 250 you, champions, by the way. You seen that one? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you do the regular journey. You're like, wow, if I do this regularly, and then you see the verbiage where it's like, but master version will increase your progress. They would tell you, by the way, like, if you do this one, it's going to take you, it's going to be, it's worth, you know, one of 15 or something. But if you do master, it's five times as much. Like, instead of it just saying more, I feel like sometimes if they're like, master is 10 times better. That would almost incentivize some, okay, be like, how can I get this done? They might actually go, look, if it's just like, well, I don't know if it's two times more. If I just go run it randomly by myself, I'll be okay. But if it's like, last week was stupidly faster type thing. Like, I think that might help. But anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the disparity, we saw it there, which which thoroughly, in my opinion, it made it, they, they incentivized you doing this, right? So they want you to, and my question is like, because it's seasonal content, that we know that goes away and it's limited. I'm just curious if that's what they want us to do, then why still gate the matchmaking? Right? Because that, that that's my only concern. Like, why don't just you just open it up if you want people to do this harder thing? That's and that, that's like. my question for you guys. Yeah. How you guys feel about that? Before I, I went off a little bit, so Glow, you can go first. Yeah, I, I kind of have a theory. I think maybe that these seasons are being developed with the LFG tool already like being in mind. Um, gotcha. And possibly already being in the development mm-hmm. branch of these seasons. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's possible that, like, you know, they're looking at this and going, oh, they're going to have the LFG tool, even though the timeline might not actually work out for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also possible that maybe the LFG tool was supposed to launch earlier. Mm-hmm. And these seasons were built with that in mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, maybe that's their way of, like, encouraging people to use the new functionality. I don't know. But uh, ultimately, I don't think it's a bad thing to incentivize players to engage with harder content uh, especially if you're still leaving the option for them to complete it um in less difficult content i do think you know the number that they gave was a little bit absurd um which is probably why they auto completed it yeah um, so maybe you know <laughs> maybe lowering that a little bit wouldn't be a bad idea but i do like the idea of you know rewarding uh engagement with more difficult content it was like for me i mean yeah let's no, I was just going to say, that's the idea is like, if LFG was supposed to be there and theoretically, if I can go do it without a, uh, you know, a muted mic or something, set a minimum level for master. Like somebody at 1550 should not be queuing into master. There needs to be a minimum level. And then theoretically, if you want to match make into it, then maybe don't lock loadouts and then 
like especially for seasonal content for story, don't lock loadouts, put a minimum level, and then, you know, have the big warning like they do. Like, you know, these are the champions. Make sure you have those weapons. I don't know if you require them to be there. Like, each person has to have, like, you know, almost double primary as of until lately. But, yeah, it's like if everybody goes in, theoretically, you could get it done. Because I did it and we didn't talk and it was just like I joined, went, cool, shot things. Like, none of those are that difficult. So, I feel like until LFG is there, if they just turn matchmaking on for, say, seasonal difficult stuff with a minimum level cap, I feel like it would probably be, it can't hurt to try it, I feel. I think we're at the point where we need to try it. Because we did Legend Night Falls in one of the, what is it, the seasonal events? What did we do? We basically had a Legend Nightfall with champions. Was it Solstice or Guardian Games or something? Where we had like a high difficulty activity we joined into. I'm not crazy because I know it was like and matchmaking. I know you're about, but I don't remember. It. Yeah, I was oh, like, are you talking about um, um, the 30th anniversary thing where people were getting joined in and they were not high enough level to finish the activity? No, 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 no. The, like more recently, no. when we had like a not it was either Solstice or Guardian Games or something, and it's like you could queue into maybe it was the Guardian Games strike playlist but if you did it on a higher difficulty matchmaking was still on and i was like oh they're testing like matchmaking being on in higher than just hero and yet we haven't seen it anywhere else but that went totally fine those are the weird decisions when i'm like why does that exist and i know it did i just can't remember it might have been guardian games i don't know if that was like a strike playlist but yeah that was guardian games mm -hmm. okay um so why does that legend okay but this one's not just put a level cap on it but we've we've proven the basic level stuff can get done i think yeah, I don't think you should ever make a player go to LFG. So the 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 assumption that like maybe they expected us to have LFG or they're using internally still strikes me as pretty odd. Because I, if if you are gonna force a player to go to an LFG, why wouldn't you just make matchmaking? Like, why wouldn't you just put matchmaking in the game? Because it's essentially the same thing. People aren't forced to use mics in LFG. I think LFG is for people who want to pick their people that they're playing with for some reason, either because they want to trust their skill level or they want to be able to talk to them or they want to be on the same page about what they're actually going to be doing. I think that's what LFGs for. But if you are going to force people to do LFG, they're not going to, they're not going to do that. They're not going to be picking who they're playing with. They're just going to be like, click on button to find group. Like that's going to be as much as they do. And if, if that's what you're doing, then matchmaking is already a better solution that exists for that. So I'm okay with them making us try harder content as part of what's relevant. I don't think it's a great idea to make somebody do an event that requires uh high level or high skill for the story, especially since some people, <laughs> some people, that. some people paid for the story and want to be able to see it all. And if they have to play with a team or can't beat a certain level, they're probably going to be a little pissed about that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I I think the it, it was just a weird call. I know we already talked about this a couple weeks ago. By the way, I caught up on the story and I I have thoughts. I I know Ooh. that's sort of not part of the the syllabus today. But yeah, I was mm -hmm. curious. I did not watch last week's episode where or last week's segment where I was gone. But uh, okay, yeah. Hey Travis, you want to stop your advertisements? Yeah. That'd be great, buddy. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to stop. <laughs> yeah. I know Chat you got your I know your side business, but we've talked about this. Okay. <laughs> gotta hustle, man. Gotta hustle. You gotta pay that rent. Rent's expensive in San Francisco. I let mean, me tell you. I man. believe it. I totally yeah. believe that. But you uh, know what's not expensive? Chat.69. Check us out online. <laughs> we've got deals. 
moving it right here, man. Moving it, shaking. Yeah, like I'm basically with you. I don't feel like either they need to separate it somehow, but a story. Somebody logs on, and this is was kind of my joke the other week. Is like somebody who's got like maybe a kid who's sleeping in the other room. They get like an hour to play. Should not have to. Either queuing up master difficulty should not be the way to do the story. Maybe there's a different checkpoint. Maybe there's a seasonal challenge that's like crazy faster if you do master. That I would be okay with. But the story beats in and of itself. They've never done that. And until you make it an in-game thing with matchmaking, I don't think it should be there. That's just my opinion on the story. Even then, I don't think it should be. It needs to be accessible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. And I, I just I hope they get that. Thing, you know, solved out through Lightfall and the whole integration that they plan on doing. Because they look like they're really going to do a new player experience kind of revamp and, and get people involved. So shout out to whoever's car that was. But uh, <laughs> that's a Chavis movie. But uh, yeah, I, I, I want that because I actually like, I actually didn't mind the concept of going into mask. I'm yeah, like, no, no. that's cool because I would never do that. Or, you know, if you put a gun up, I'm not going to do it unless there was an incentive. It was so just I was like, the disparity, right, I think, between them. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all. And Bungie agrees, right? They auto-completed it. So yes. I think that they're aligned with the community on that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Except for when they designed the season. Yeah, true. <laughs> they were they were aligned with it at, briefly <laughs> after not being aligned with it. So, yeah, I... I, uh, I, the, the, I mean, I get that they're moving fast, but like it, it, it kind of makes me laugh sometimes. I'm like, they didn't, they didn't see that? They looked at, what's on yeah. the agenda for today or for this week? Complete 50 champions. Yeah, nothing will go wrong with that. And they just like pushed it through. I just, it blows my mind. But yeah, I guarantee you, like in a design document somewhere, that that value was just like, hey, X, like we we decide this later. And someone just threw a number in there and it never got Well, yeah, 50 for them. It it wasn't really 50. What it was, I think it was probably an automated number because they were just like, we want you to kill this many in an activity and we want to heavily incentivize and weight that activity. And then I think when mm-hmm. they reverse engineered it, okay, well how many would they have to do if they didn't yeah. normally then 50 and it just looks absurd. Cause I saw it. I didn't even understand it. I was just like 50. No, I logged off. That was my entire week that week. I was just like, nah, I'm good. There's no way you could convince me that some designer of Bungie looked at that number and signed off on it. I guarantee. That's what just, I think. I think yeah. you're right. I think it, was, I it think, could have been a typo it, for all I know. And it just made it that far. <laughs> The yeah, teams that look five. at the teams that look at those numbers were not the same people who like are on Reddit and like know about the community and the mm-hmm. stuff like that. So when they saw yeah. that, they probably laughed themselves. They're probably like fifty champions. Yeah, yeah, probably we fucked who that. Who put that in there? Like, who put fifty champions? It's like we're yeah. gonna have to fix that. Uh, but actually, it kind of takes us into a good thing. Story this week, and Travis, I know you kind of stepped away last week for the story, so we had the big cinematic discussion, and then now we're all caught up. Um, yeah, what do you guys, where you guys takes on the story? And Travis, you can go first. You can fill us in on your thoughts on last and this week. Yeah, let me, yeah, because I actually, what I ended up doing is I waited until Tuesday right before reset, and I finished last week's story, and then I just finished the next week's story immediately after because nice. by then reset had happened. There you go. Um, so I don't know what your guys's takes were because I did not watch that segment and I left the room for it. Yeah, but uh, it seemed like you guys were like, "Oh, you know, the story hasn't been great, but it stepped up its game." And my thought was that that last week was like the biggest nothing burger I've ever seen. And it was just like a complete non like, like it was not even a plot development. It was like, Oh, Misrax was bad. It's like, yeah, we know he's yeah. He was a fall. Yeah. What? 
yeah, we know that dude. Like, and we, we, that's been in the canon for a while. And everybody knows that apparently, except for his daughter. It's it just, it, it struck me as don't get me wrong. The cinematic was cool. The cinematic was cool. It was, it was, the art was great. I had no problem with, with any of that stuff. I just sort of was like, okay, so he was bad and we knew that, but now there's a cinematic about how mm-hmm. he, how, just how bad he was. And we're like, all right, that's, that's fine, dude. You're cool. You know who else you're, were cool. you're cool, dude. You're fine. You know who else were cool with the cabal? They were mm-hmm. pre- they murdered a lot of guardians, a lot of them. And guess what? Now they hang out with us. They guard us on a ship. It's fine. We got over it, man. The past is the past. The crow. He was we, pretty we bad. Literally had to go through the proving grounds with Keitel to make that happen. Yeah, exactly. But I, my 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 thing is like. That is such a trope of destiny of like, they were bad and they were good. Now they're good. And so they, they even sort of touched on it with Saint 14. I mean, he wasn't bad, but they tried to yeah, be like, Oh, his, his story was bad. So I feel like every time we see one of those cutscenes, it's like once somebody was had a cool story and now they, they're not cool. Now they're not interesting. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like I, I just, I, I don't, I, I just was so, I was like, all right, cool. That was, that was nothing. And then I thought that there was going to be more. It, it, I guess here's how in summary it's weird that the person i agreed most most with on last week's story was the drifter when he was like oh he was like he was like oh miserax used to be a bad guy i'll tell crow i kind of laughed at that i was i was like yeah exactly that was the exact response i had was like who gives a like yeah do Mm -hmm. do, do the fallen not realize that they used to be kind of evil that they used to just like run around and kill people like how is she a historian and doesn't know that yet like the fact that she she should have known that that was like, did she miss the like five thousand year period where that's all the fallen did? Like where where it was? Well, she's where was super that naive. Part of, yeah, she's yeah, super naive. Yeah. But she's a historian. What part of the like she? That's like she's like saying like, oh, I'm an American history buff, and like she didn't know about like the Civil War or something. And you're just like, wait, what? Like you missed that part? Like that's kind of a big part. That's crazy. I don't know. It just seemed like. Yeah, I just didn't. It. I don't know, man. I, I, I was kind of. I guess maybe my height, my expectations were slightly okay. higher than yours because you guys weren't expecting anything, and I went in knowing that you guys had positive feelings about it. So I was just like, oh, it's probably going to be good this week. And then I was just mm. like, yeah, that kind of, that kind of sucked. I wasn't really that into that. So I don't know. This season has kind of just been a nothing burger to me so far. But I, I like the pirates and the themes, and you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. I just the story, I think, is, eh just more wheel spinning in my opinion fair enough, uh, fair enough. So. i wonder how much of this is like like what if mithrax is going to play a big role in lightfall and this is Bungie just trying to like establish his backstory to an audience that might not know it um through through ito i think it's ito that's how you pronounce it right um, oh, I keep saying Ido, so apparently I've been whatever. doing that wrong. Whatever it is. Whatever. I do wonder if this is Bungie just like establishing the backstory a little bit, because it does seem like to Travis's point, like, yeah, yeah, we know. You know what I mean? Um, so I wonder if maybe it's for the audience that doesn't know, you know. Maybe that's a good point. Maybe maybe that is it. Trying to help out be. the newest newer players. What about you, Cog? Yeah, I mean, for for last week to um, what Travis was saying, I think. Wait, mom was- wait, can I? I have to say this now, or I'll never be able to say it. But can we just talk about the cognitive dissonance of in the same week 
possibly including a story reference about Misrex being bad for the new players if if Glow's prediction is right. And then in that same week, also making it to see that story, you have to kill 50 champions. <laughs> Something that players don't even know what a champion is if they're new and they have to go do that to get that story. So I just want to put that out there. Maybe not what they were going for, but anyway. Mm, yeah. that's, that's actually really good because yeah, it's like, <laughs> what, new play experience is like crazy. Yeah, yeah. all you have to do is kill 50 of this thing that you don't know what it is. And then you'll get to see this cutscene about a thing that you don't yet know. Yeah. The new player experience is easily the worst part of this game, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, easily. Easily. without a doubt. Oh, we, we talk about we yeah. talk about it all the time. Every, every week, I feel like it comes up. Yeah, yeah. we talk about it. Yeah, we never got the hook with that. I think my thing with last week was more so the way like Mythrax, I'm like, bro, like you really still not gonna tell like like it the information is out. Like like it wasn't that he was this bad person that really was uh an issue about what he did in the past and the whole my thing was really more about the Nazarak stuff. That was yes, that was really actually... for me. Like that was I was like, okay, I wanna know what the hell this is. I wanna know about the former disciples, you know. How, my thing is so how did they kill him? I want, that's really what I wanted. Yeah. I wanna know how did he fall. And why he got like six tombs and seventy five body parts all over the place? Like, I, like that's Voldemort, what I'm, dude. Yeah, I'm like, why is his body? Why is <laughs> not the Horcruxes? Yeah, yep. like, why did he not fall in a central location? Why would the why would the parts sit all over the place? That's my whole thing. It's really Nazarak and more that Mithrax. Like, fam, all you had to do was just tell the girl you got. Aramis got to reveal this, you know, great secret. I mean, secret. shame is a powerful thing, though, and for what he did to literally kill his own kind, it's like, hey, yeah. hey, daughter, I went around and murdered a whole bunch of other humans. How's that going to go over? Like, crap? Like, but it, it was a point now he was busted. Oh, no, I know. And I like, mean, he waited like, too long. Did, yeah, didn't, I get he that. Murder his, didn't he murder his own people? Isn't that what the, she was upset about? She murdered, he murdered other fallen, right? Yeah. He murdered all yeah, all he yeah, murdered. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's what I was saying. Like, he, that's, yeah. I was joking. I was saying, I was like, sorry. me, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I for, I forgot to count fallen as people, actually. I was like literally, I was like, fallen, not people, right? People are humans. Yeah, okay. That, that's that's on me. That's so my that xenophobia to coming out, I guess. You hilarious, right? Anyway. <laughs> so it's just like, all right. So I'm like, fam, you're all right. You busted, you still going down with the ship. Like, I should have still protected you. I had to protect. All right, cool, whatever. Now we get to this week. And I'm like, it didn't, this week was really light for me. Like, I was just like, all right. It, it, it felt like the prior weeks a little bit. Like, it was yeah. very, little, very light again. The little crouton again. Yeah, it's a little nugget. Nugget now she's processing a little bit. And then, like, Drifter being, like, the the dad figure here. He's, you know, like, so the, he's like the nice uncle. Yeah, he's like yeah, coming yeah, yeah. in. He's like, yeah, look, man, everybody was a murderer. Like, I got stuff I'm not proud of. God only knows what I want to know what Drifter isn't proud of because we don't know a whole lot about his past. What? But I want to know what he did. Yes, me too. Did you catch the line? Oh, they are really hard selling this heiress and Drift the thing thing. Because he oh, said yeah. a little subtle line. He was like, yeah, you know, thank you. I don't trust nobody like you, the Guardian, but you know, heiress, you know. <laughs> Like he had Eris ranked above us after all the stuff we've done for him. So I'm like, yo, what y'all two doing? I mean, when that they're move? they're outside of us guardians. They're only like the few rare people who have kind of interacted with the darkness. Both of them kind of have, right? Right. So I right. mean, they're kind of on a unique playing field there. But and I all... think they're neither neither of them are guardians. Um, yeah, do you like count that. as a guardian like, if you lose your ghost. I know Drifter cool. isn't, but it's just like a weird. Dark Drifter age. is a is you a, have like powers, but just don't die. 
Yeah, he's a, he's a rogue light bearer. Yeah, rogue light bearer. Yeah. Light bearer. Yeah. And I think I think Eris technically is a rogue light bearer too, because I don't Ooh. think she's part of the Vanguard. She doesn't have a ghost. I don't. I don't no. think she. She's got her. I thought Eris was a hunter. Is she not? I think she was. She yeah. was. Was, she was, she was. was. Okay. Yeah. but I don't know. I don't know if she still is. I would like to. I I should read about this. I'm gonna yeah. get back into the Destiny lore, guys. There you go. So we we'll start reading all those books again. The dig trap. I'm so shocked you didn't mention this week. Was during one of the story missions, we found out there's another group after these relics. One of your favorite groups returned that we had to fight against. I th- I was going to hear right. about this. That's oh, right. My- I'm thinking about right, something. I, I, was fo- I was focused on last week and this week. Okay. I actually, I got to that part and I was like, oh, now we're talking. Yeah, now like, we're talking. I was expecting you to go off. I'm like, yeah. here we go. Have light bearers. True yeah. threat, true enemy. I was like, I, it's so funny because it feels like uh, Witch Queen has been so long ago that I, you know, that I fought them. It was good to fight them again. I was like, oh, okay. So they're in the mix. So I want to see what the hell they're going to you know, connect this into it now. But what it, what it does give me hope that Light hive, light bear, lucid hive are not just exclusive to that campaign and we don't ever see them again, kind of thing. Because I love them as an enemy type. So if we got a score in this situation, I don't care. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If you want to, you know, how they force the scorn kind of in Vow as an enemy type, I would love them to be an enemy type for whatever the next raid or whatever they got planned. I don't want them to go away because that's too good an enemy type. To yeah. just kind of throw into the carpet is what I was saying. I also just want them to use that model to make new yes. enemy types because Absolutely. that was a great example of like, in my, I mean, I'm not a developer. I have to say that every time I go on one of these benders, but like resource reuse, like they straight up were like, we're not making new characters, not new archetypes of enemies. We're just, we're giving them new abilities and repurposing them as like semi boss like uh enemies and i think that that's like a infinitely repeatable model like they can do that for cabal they can do that for fallen they can do that for all these different uh mob types and i would just love to see there be like because right now the the only distinction that we've ever had are majors right which are nothing and then we've had champions now which are annoying Mm -hmm. as crap and so if those are our two options i say like the light bearer route is the model like that's the Mm -hmm. model they should use for everything going forward is like create a more interesting version of an existing enemy that is mm-hmm. like in between a boss yep. and just a regular drag. Yes. And I don't mean like a literal drag. I mean, drag is in mm-hmm. lowercase D. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I think that, that it's such a good part of the game that it's needed for a while because it really sucks to be like, Oh look, this is a major knight. What does he do? Oh, he does the same thing as a regular knight. He's just got a yellow health bar. Yeah. yeah. Just all right. Cool, dude. Shopping. Yeah, cool. Shot, now you... I have to waste more of my ammo on him. Sweet. That's. I that's hope they take cool the, the same route that they did with the champions and like wave by wave introduce the different race of light bearers. I wouldn't be uh, sad if that happened. Yeah, me neither. Do it. They don't even have to be light bearers. Just make them interesting enemies. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like keep the light bearers to the hive. You can do like a cabal new type of enemy that's got. Mm-hmm. It's basically just like a a next tier. You can call them whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Something well, something be, ancient what are they Roman. Called? The the tormentors. That's what I want to shout out. Well, G-Man. no, the tormentors for sure. That's what I'm excited for yeah. in life for. Baby. No, um, Callus's new force called the Shadow Legion. Supposedly, they're like Cabal, but they have like different attacks and abilities. So hopefully, it's like a full rework of Cabal, kind of like Siva, I would guess for Fallen. Hopefully, yeah. in something yeah. along those lines, that they're going to be different Cabal. Make but a Scion that's like a teleporting ninja that kicks me with martial arts. You know, like just do some cool, 
reworks of existing stuff. Yeah, Tormentors are what I'm excited about, though. They they describe them as so threatening. Mm-hmm. I, they, in my mind, they need to be more of a threat than the Hive Guardians. On when we were on Legend difficulty, like if I see a Tormentor in Legend difficulty, I need to like pucker, like oh, yeah. like that. I I want it to be tough. Yeah, that's how they described it. That's literally how they described it. They're sitting on um the splicers. They never brought them back from D1. Well, let's see about they haven't. If they if they're going to touch were the same problem though they were just the same enemies with a different yeah. skin and I'm just like maybe if they rework them give them some cool attributes yeah. find have, a way cool. you'd have yeah. to introduce Ziva which so far it doesn't seem like they're headed to do it I miss Ziva do, do it yeah. hey do that little rat rat to the machine be a nice little combo season you know? we have the weapon art. could or be have... the final element of darkness Ziva Ziva. Is Siva darkness? I don't know. They could find a way to make it darkness. <laughs> Final darkness subclass is Siva. You heard it here first, guys. It is. I'm a bungee leaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's a lighter week. We've got no freelance this weekend, but just normal trials should be there. Um, Noise. Oh, the other thing the War Priest, Matt, the War Priest challenge. It's. We ended oh, up yeah. skipping it because it's such a. <laughs> what is what it? Is it? I, I don't even. Okay, know. so I heard I saw you've... people online condemning the developers to hell for yeah. coming up with this it's, challenge, and I was like, cool. okay, the same thing as so one. they're having a good time in the raid this week, is what I've learned. No, so yeah. you, you know now you have the in War Priest, you know how the Night Spawn, and you have to bring that buff to like take the buff on the the Aura Holder, like you have to do mm-hmm. that. So now, apparently, because I we were trying it and we're like, oh, it's like, okay, so you got to do it within five seconds. So you figure you could kill it and then say you're doing damage in the middle, just like hop down and take it. Like you just got to be. Oh, it's the day one challenge. Yeah. So the day one challenge. Oh. But apparently nobody seemed to like it. Apparently it's just a very tight window. So I guess you truly have to be like, you need to be doing DPS where the night spawns. And when it dies, you just have to. It seems like there's very little downtime that you can like pick it up and then take the buff is what it is. It's you're just a tight window. And people are mad about that. I'm confused. I mean, that's just what I kept seeing. That's just what I kept seeing is that like, well, I was even watching Scarrow and he's done this, really this well. This is a master raid challenge. I don't I, to me that like that's the disconnect for me between like the casual and um I yeah. don't know what you'd call the other the elitist whatever engaged side of the community. Yeah. I don't understand the disconnect where they have these. This is a master raid. The challenge in the master raid. And we're complaining that it's too hard after we spent the last three years talking about how we needed more difficult PVE content in Destiny. So I'm like, so I get feels like a little bit of I'm telling like, you they don't want to lose. So I get that. <laughs> well, OK, fair. I get that to a point, but it's also the idea of. I guess it's the way like the window is so I mean, I get what they're going for. And again, once you kind of figure out you got to move your DPS. But then when you get around to, and I know Master Difficulty people got it done, but then it's like, how much more does that limit, especially if you need all four DPS windows? If you get, What if you have, it's like if a, cha- if a challenge comes down to RNG, like if you get stuck up on the left like every time or something, everybody's having to hop up there, as opposed to if the knights spawn the other way and you're like, okay, I can always do this quicker on another side. I feel like that's where some people had the issue where there was like almost RNG in the knight spawn order and where it could possibly be. It's not... Okay, this is a thing. It could be a tight window, but you know, like it's something you can plan for. But if there's RNG based around it, I feel like that was one, some of the things that I kept hearing too. I just, 
I know it was just something I saw a lot of like feedback on Tuesday about it. So I was just yeah curious. I mean, it's one of those things I haven't really loved a lot of the challenges and then some of the stuff lately that they've done. So it's kind of more on that line, I guess, than than anything. Well, it's last like week was the day one challenge as well. Right. So are they just doing the day one challenges? As yeah, the rage that's all. It, yeah, that's so. what it is. Yeah. It was like the figure eight wasn't too bad. That just that actually makes you see both sides. I was like that. I get this looks like you come back. And it's like when you take the buff, you just got to go to the other side. So you're actually just using both sides. I was like, that one I was okay with. And again, I don't know what the other ones are, but this is like kill the knight. But when you pick up the buff, you have to transfer it really quickly. And it's like, depending on where it's at, depending on if you got to move the aura for DPS. So when you kill it, it's up there. It just, it's like, it's fine. But to me, I don't know, some of the challenges that, that they've done, I haven't. And then the same thing, it was like some of the challenges in Val when we were working through those as well. I just didn't like the designs were like, do this slower or so is how yeah, some of those felt. That. Yeah, I remember that. So it was I like, I, I, I could understand a thing for like difficulty per se, if there was, you know, certain more mechanics or if it was different enemies or something. But when it's just like, do it poorly is what Val felt like. That's when kind of like I got turned off on the challenges when I was trying to work through those with our team is like, so you're just supposed to be less efficient or whatever it was. It just seemed odd. So I just haven't loved them lately. And that's all, I guess. The philosophy behind it, right? You say, I think yeah. you were telling me something about you have to, it was almost like put yourself in almost in a lose state for one of them in Val. What was that? What was the exact one that I remember you guys were talking I can't, about? I can't remember which one we, uh, that it was like just kind of annoying. Yeah. I, forgot. I remember I was like, wow, that's an interesting mechanic. Uh, <laughs> it it might have been the caretaker, maybe, mm -hmm. where you couldn't do more than one symbol at a time or something like that. That was probably the one. I think it was you couldn't do more than one symbol at a time. So then, I mean, I know I, th I think multiple people were going and I think picking it up, but it's like, if I can run in, have enough time to pick up three, come back out and you switch, and now you're saying like, you can only go pick up one. It's a different way to do it. It just, being efficient is the way they didn't want you to do it, which is just doesn't feel right. That's, I guess, that I one. I thought it was sure. another one though. I thought it was like the, not that, I thought it was like the first encounter. Something about the. It might have been that too. I'm trying to remember what that challenge yeah, was I on the total. The the... It sounded way worse than what you described. <laughs> whatever it was before. I, I think it was whatever. I'm, oh, I'm that's the one where you don't. Yeah, where you, you don't, don't kill, kill the champion. You don't. You have to keep all oh, three yeah. champions alive and then kill yes. them at the same time. That was I like... actually did that one. It wasn't that bad. I mean, whatever. it was, it was, it was like... irritating. It's irritating because the goal is don't do something well. Like play the game poorly for like a certain amount of time and then play it well all of a sudden. Like that just. It's just not interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it were up to me, it, every everything would be like, "Hey, you have to you." We add an extra in, in mechanic that makes it harder to accomplish, or something like that. But yeah. I realize that this is not. They can't really go hog wild on this because how many people do the challenges? Less than one percent do raids. How many do the challenges and raids? Yeah. I don't do them. Yeah, yeah that's good you know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, I don't think Hog does them. That was yeah, that's like, the one I remember. Dude, if we though, don't do them, right. you know who's doing know. them? Rick Kakis is doing them. That's it. That's like the only dude. It's him. I played with him and, recently on something. And mm -hmm. it's him and Teddy. And Teddy is <laughs> only doing it. <laughs> yeah. He's doing it out of self-hatred. So yeah. I mean, do you think we're talking out of our butt here for like Val? Because those are the ones I think that probably rubbed me wrong. Where where do you were the were you okay with those or do you where you at? How can we rub you right? <laughs> Um, Careful, we're gonna get back I, into your advertisement. I really only do exactly. raid challenges if I'm like interested in the weapons, and I wasn't interested in battle, so I didn't give a shit. Mm, um, fair for this for this raid, I I don't not really like looking to do them. I had a day one clear for this raid, so it's not like I've already done them. I guess 
Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not like particularly interested in it. I have the <laughs> sniper unlocked from last week. That's literally nice. all I care about. So yeah, for a PvP main, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm much less interested in the challenges that are tied to a depth loot now because I don't feel like a depth loot is very good. Yep. Oh, um, you don't say. About that on the yeah. yeah, the crafted weapons are just like better in almost mm -hmm. every scenario. So mm -hmm. interesting. interesting. Where do you think they can? Because I know there's the worry of power creep and too much, I guess, with adept, even though adept really is like everybody literally just wants adept for adept big ones. That's the only reason in PvE. And I don't know how much a difference those like you know, adept range or whatever makes a difference in PvP per se, but um adept targeting. I could see that. Okay. Um I was wondering those like, do you feel I mean, do you, how would you fix the adept loot? Is there anything you would do for hard mode loot to make to matter? Because we're I'm not running it, so I wonder if you could I mean, if I was king for the day with infinite money, I'd I would make the the adept weapons just drop with uh, randomly rolled enhanced perks. I mean, that's like no brainer, right? There's still the RNG side to it, where like you have to grind them, which I think Bungie wants. They want players engaging with the activity and, and grinding hours out. Um, so that's there. Um, at the same time, you is it power craft like a little bit, but not that much, right? I think it's still not that much better than the crafted version. You're just getting the adept mods, and to me, that's I don't know. I think it's yeah, a pretty. Yeah, I like that solution, solution actually. That's see, this guy's my speed. You guys all think I'm <laughs> like this radical, but every time I hear a moderate opinion, I'm like, that that makes sense because that is the moderate opinion. It's not, hey, because you did the grandmaster activity, you should be way more powerful than other people. It's you should be a little bit. And yeah. the people who grind out that little bit are the people who are willing to play 90% more time to get that you know 5% more power. And that's how it should be. It shouldn't be 10%, 15% more powerful because that's just the rich getting richer and it it compels more casual players to do content they don't want to do, which I which is just terrible. So but, but this would be a diva joke Ivata said last week. <laughs> we literally said that. We were like, yo, they can just spoil you killed Diva Joe. <laughs> no, no, no. You said you you got you, so yeah, my argument last time we talked about this, which I don't remember what episode that was, but it was just that adept weapons should be a little better than the normal weapons, but not that much because you, the casual, I say casual, but what I actually mean is like the, the normal player mm. will grind enough to get the craftable the version player, the same player. And then these are all Raiders. That's a small group. Yeah. The, the insane elite people are going to go the extra mile for the adept. And I think that that should be enough to keep mm. them interested, but it should not be that much of an advantage because you don't have to give them a lot to keep playing. They're looking for reasons to play. And also, if you make it too get wide, then the players like me go, well, what's the point of even, even doing the craftable versions? Because if I'm just going to get stomped by somebody who's willing to do that, even more committed activity that I'm simply not willing to do, I might as well not even try. So it starts to become inaccessible. And I just think like there's a middle ground. And so my perspective as somebody who doesn't get adept weapons unless they appear in trials is the system we have now is kind of fine. But you guys told me last episode that you thought that the adept ones were straight up not as good as craftable. And I just don't have any perspective on that. But yeah. if that's true, then they should be a little stronger. Yeah, I think that, his solution is, is Yeah, he, is he went the extra mile. Demon in your defense, Yeah, I think he, he was he was saying he was saying they should be better. With, like they should be really good weapons. and everything else. Yeah. And I was fine with just the enhanced perks as well. Like that as them coming as the standard part of the drop, because that he already said, he said more energy. 
Yeah, yeah, he did say that. I want artifice armor. That's crazy. Artifice armor should be there, personally. Because it's in a dungeon. Well, it's in a dungeon. Why the hell is it not in a master raid? That blows my mind. I know you want people to do both, but I'm like, that just gives people more. Ch- You're still dealing with like RNG of stats and the placement and the number and everything. And when you get a raid drop of loot that's a 58, and I'm like, garbage. And I just did a raid for a 58 high mobility, by the way, in the first <laughs> week. I was like, what that the sucks. hell? Sucks, so yeah, those moments, I'm like, no. But yeah, I was like, I, but something, again, I think if you did Artifice Armor with like 11 energy, because you have that extra slot, but then it's no. usually for a seasonal mod, you can yeah. actually have the boat. No, no, no. Okay, no. <laughs> I say no. Veto. I have a hot take here. So I, Let's I go. think artifice armor should just be the default. Like, there's so many combat mods, and like, yes, there, there's so much stuff now. And also, like, the mod should be more accessible. But I guess it's a whole other like tangent. But I do think artifice armor should be the default at this point. Like, there's there's so much stuff that the, you want to use. You want to have fun within the build crafting, um, but it's it's hard to with the limited space, not the energy space. The like mod slot space. My issue is, why do I have to pay for a mod spot slot for raid intrinsic perks? No, oh, yeah, that why should be like a raid, a free raid slot. Yeah, armor. that that should be intrinsically part of it. That's my issue. Like, you know, like I don't understand. Like, if you want me to grind for it, like, why are you penalizing me for utilizing the armor that would be efficient in the raid? Yeah, I guess <laughs> what what, what's the pay part? What are you paying for? Well, you have the, you know, the the points per was like the two here that you... He's saying a raid mod should cost zero energy. And right now, if you have a build... Yeah. But you want to, if you want to use a raid mod... paying energy. Yeah. Yeah, paying energy. That makes sense. I I think that that, that's fine. That's fine. But that would be something that everybody has access to. Yes. My problem with the philosophy of like more energy on certain activities and stuff like that is you're making it mandatory. And you're giving into power creep. And so I would just say, like, there are easier solutions than power creep. There are more freedom. You can make all mods equipable on all pieces of armor, which is something I said on the show before that I think should be a thing because then you can you can build craft more easily. There's other things of that. I just think, why give you guys anything when you're gonna play it anyway? That's all I say. Why give you anything? Don't give you a little bit, but I don't I don't need to go, I don't need to give you that much because you guys are looking for reasons to play. And all you're doing, if I add this content in the game, is you're making it harder for me to play at the level that I enjoy without hating the game and still being able to compete with you, right? Do you want me to hate the game and play it or give up? Those are the two options for people like me, is I'm either going to hate the game or I'm not going to play it anymore. And so I would just say, make it Make it mm-hmm. as, as small an advantage as you possibly can. I don't even want to be able to see. I don't even okay. want to be able to tell that your armor is better than mine until you explain to me how it is. That's how small it should be. Way, way, to, way to incentivize that hard difficulty stuff. Cool. All right. Anyway, moving on. I don't on. need to incentivize you guys. You guys are a zealots. You guys have the brand on your head and you're like going around with the Bible thumping I literally, your head against it. Like you I guys literally are literally saying the challenges in Master are not worth doing the raid. So I'm literally not doing it because there isn't a point. That's what we're saying is like, <laughs> I'm not okay. going to go into and Master I, because we, there's we are in no point in doing there. that. Yeah. We're yeah. in agreement there. We're in agreement there. But if there was, they a, like engagement. If, if there was a minute, advantage to doing the raid as small as possible you would still do it 
because you make videos on YouTube and you have to do it. it. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> I ain't doing none of that. <laughs> I ain't stepping in no challenge. I'm like, what is the incentive? Nope. <laughs> that big ones. Get out of here. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'll be like, yo, tell me how it went. Let me know how your experience <laughs> Exactly. Sure here's a, here's the thing, Cox. Here's the thing, Hawk. Then you should be on my side on this debate because you are a similar player to me. You don't have time. You like your relationship with Destiny. Oh, no your question. goal is to no not question. hate the game. No so if I say, well, you know what? You can get more and one more energy. All you got to do is play Festival of the Lost for 50 hours. You're going to hate this game. Okay. And so I'm trying to help you all. Trying I'm, to trying help to help, I'm trying to help everybody except for Glow and E, who I don't care about. That's it, okay? And I that's that's my prerogative. You guys will be fine. You're making money on YouTube off of this game. You're going to be okay. All right? I'm worried about the Travises of the world. Very like self-servingly, by the way. <laughs> anyway, Travis, I would like Glow. to see a step back from the the idea that like having things makes you powerful in more in a direction of like using them correctly makes you powerful. And what I mean yeah. by that is like do do the armor does the armor need more energy slots or do we need more ways to build craft to utilize the space it already has to where the the skill gap between a new player who doesn't really know how these things interact and a player who is more experienced can make more use of that that tin energy just by their game knowledge and to me like i think that's the direction i would like to see us go more instead of just you know throwing more power creep into the into the the area i guess no i mean i yeah, I agree, Sorry. honestly. No, I was just going to say, it's like, I mean, when it comes to armor, a rework would honestly be, it's like, I wish some things in the game just worked like if you had the mods on them in the first place. For ammo is probably my biggest gripe. Why it feels like I could literally put on a reserve armor, hit a rally flag, so then I start the encounter with more heavy ammo and then switch before it starts. Um, scavengers and ammo finders just fix the ammo economy. Like, have a reliable way for heavy to drop. Don't make us rely on Aeons and doing finishers on one type of guy so we get, so I can make sure I've got some heavy ammo as opposed to just, like, don't have the heavy ammo economy actually suck. So then you're literally taking up those things. And then as Glow is saying, then you can lean into things like maybe Dexterity or more energy into some of these, like, Charge with Light builds because you're not trying to use some to make sure you have like random heavy ammo dropping. Like there are some of those mods that I feel are totally useless and there's some of that stuff they're going to work on, but it's just, there are, I would like to see again with Lightfall, just some of that, like I don't expect an armor 3.0 anymore. Kind of giving up on that one. Uh oh, I just have like, it's just bound to be there or bound not mm -hmm. to be there. Um, Cause I don't know what they would do with it at this point. It feels like it'd be too big of an ask, but if they could do something like that, polish up the mods. And as Glow is saying, let the high thinker like glow come up with this unique stuff, debatable. but he needs a a little <laughs> do what? <laughs> debatable. Go on. Yeah, I'm, uh, listen, listen to your you video. There, there's some, there's some thought in there, but yeah, get rid of some of the useless ones and let you be able to like play with that tin energy in a way where you can be a little more creative. That's. And again, I don't know if it was somebody last week. What if it's just like four slots? They're not tied to like, this one's for your stats and this one's yeah, for your combat mods. Yeah, what yeah. if it's just they like 10 energy in. and you have four slots yeah. and you can just pick? Can you imagine yeah. the stuff that people would come up with? Yeah. yeah, they're very specific with those slots. Yeah, exactly. so, I mean, that little flexibility there and you would have a lot more fun with the same tools, I think. 
Definitely. I think the weapon type mods are like unnecessary complexity at this point. Just make make weapons have default load speeds or dexterity. Like make everything like balanced in the sandbox how you see fit and get rid of all that crap because it, it just creates barriers for new players to have to go get those mods if they want to compete on oh. the same level. It takes up energy when you could be using the much more interesting combat style mods or like I don't know if they're all classified under that, but that system needs to be leaned into more and we need to lean away from the like hand cannon loader or like reserve mod. Like to me, that's all just so yep. unnecessarily complex. Today I learned Glow is a man of the people. I approve <laughs> of this man. Yeah. This is one of the well, few streamers we have on that I'm like, yeah, this guy gets it. He's not well, I think uh, I have a vested interest in the health of the game, right? And I think like yeah. th these kinds of things make a healthy game whenever you're more accommodating to new players. And um, I try to be empathetic as, as much as I can to, you know, the experience that they're having and not just trying to like, I guess, pontificate from my experience as a player Ooh, who yeah. plays... We got to the same place by using opposite methods. You're doing a top-down empathy model. I'm doing a bottom-down vindictive model. Of, <laughs> you know, not, I just don't. I, I don't know if you can go down from the bottom. I think you got to look up, sir. Anyway, uh, but before the we goal go, is the same though, right? Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying. I'm digging. You can look from the bottom. You just <laughs> look down and you dig. Yeah. Just keep digging. Anyway, before yeah. we go, uh, a couple minutes left to wrap this one yeah. up. I want to ask you, Glow, if you could change anything about Destiny outside of the rank playlist, because we covered that. If you change one or two things about that, what would you change? Um, what is your favorite cocktail, if you have one? If not, just beverage. And then um, favorite sandwich. Any order okay. you want to answer those three. Uh, okay. Um, my favorite cocktail is uh, gin and tonic. Okay. Nice. Classic. Uh, no way Sinatra drank it, not the uh, the martini with vodka. Okay, um, okay. Favorite what was sandwich? Was sandwich. that the other one? Yep. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm a simple man. I like a good, you know, like turkey, pepper jack. Nothing nothing overly done, I think. No, no yeah. condiments? No, no, I like it plain. Maybe a po' boy, oh, if I can, like, keep got a po' boy. Think how po' boys are sandwiches. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. And now he's for like, eating, a, he's eating a dry turkey sandwich too. He chose turkey, the driest <laughs> dry meat, and he's not putting anything on it. He's this dude's just cotton mouthing all day. Okay. Just, First of all, I don't know what kind of turkey you have, but like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I eat at Thanksgiving is nice and juicy the next See, day. After this this comes no back to my nice and juicy. This comes back to no my turkey. original argument. If the ingredients, bro, no, it's the if bro. the ingredients bro. in the sandwich are quality, bro. you don't need to cover it in a lot of crap. Stop saying, bro. E, you are not going to convince anybody that turkey has a proper way to be cooked. It is a rubbish burr. It is always dry. It is super overrated. Then the people whose Thanksgiving you've gone to suck at cooking turkey. First Preach. of all, I've never been to a Thanksgiving. I don't have a family. You know that. Low blow. Second of all, <laughs> turkey is still gross. All right? It doesn't change anything. <laughs> that okay, I will say, turkey is generally overrated. I'm not going to argue, but it's you... dry. Uh-uh. No, if yes. you cook it, I may not love turkey, but I can tell you Bro. if you cook it right, there are ways to cook turkey so it's not you dry. Know, you know, you are a jive turkey is what I'm learning from <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> jive turkey. You anyway, sure <laughs> so thank you, Glow, for proving my point occasionally. Um, anyway, uh, Destiny 2, give me your one or two dream fixes you would do. Yeah, if I mean, we didn't cover them already. <laughs> again, like, king for the day, no thought in 
time is infinite. Uh, I would like to see a return to the double primary system in a world where um, we got to get them off the show now. Damn, I like <laughs> you were doing so good. Dude, I was like, I was my brother. Then he said the double. Come on, glow. I think year one was poorly received, not because of the double primary system, but because of the the time to kill and because of the bullet soaking up, bullet sponge nature of the enemies. Um, I think there's a world where it works. And I think it ultimately was more healthy for the game long term in PvP, which is something I care a lot about. Um, the PvP side of the game, again, I'm king for the day, so they can get fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> respect, I respect you. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's something that's I would like to see. I, I, I would like to experience a world where we have the current TTKs of the game with the double primary system. I think it would be, I think it would be really good. Oh, Coming from a guy who literally like went to my, I was like, oh, freelances. I was like, I enjoyed this match of trials because I was making a video why freelance should be permanent. Mm -hmm. And I literally went in and I played a match and I was like, this is amazing. Like literally making the video, I queued up and I was like, there, it's all solos in here. It was three, like no stack of anything. And then the, one of the main comments that was on there is like, you're, you, you, there's no way you're ever going to win trials with two primaries. I was like. Really? Calling up my loadout? I never said I was good, but what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that is what it is. I like a pulse and like an SMG. That's what I've been kind of doing. Oh, that's what I'm rocking. That's literally what I'm rocking. It's, it's rocking. a good loadout, especially like no time SMG is extremely strong. Ooh. I like my Insidious, but I just like my 4-burst. Oh, oh, Insidious low-key? I'll be using it. In PvP. I like, I'm sure it's not elite, but I was like, I just, I like how good. that one feels for me. I like how, yeah, I've been using, I've been using that in submission. And I've been, spot submission's tearing people up. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I because I, I feel that the the way they've balanced shotguns and fusion. Well, fusions are still a little fusions are a little, bit, a little hot. Yeah, a little hot. Still a, a little hot. I, they be catching me from vooping me from down the block sometimes. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? But shotties, I feel, have finally SMGs are in that space. Like you're not gonna just come down here ape and think yeah. that's how that's gonna go. You gonna get Watch lit me. up. Well, Watch me. You know, you know how I do it? What you I put on the I put on those Antaeus wards. Oh, I wait until you start you firing. I hit you with six or seven of your own bullets, and then I shoot you with a shotgun Dirty. from far away, a range that normally wouldn't kill you, but it does kill you because you hurt yourself. Glow, give me the, counter. Give the tips to the um, shade by the bill. I'm trying to pull that together frag. strong. Don't Go watch his video. He did a full video. Ape, right? give, give me a freeze the ape build, and I'm gonna, gonna get back to him. All you got to do, man, is learn the timing. Uh, I freeze people just as soon as they're coming around the corner because I'm reading the radar. And I'm not even waiting for them to push me. I'm freezing them right as they turn the you corner. You preemptively freeze them. Yeah. And when you deal yeah. with Antaeus apes like Travis, which I... I yeah, how I handle him. You, all you have to do is you freeze the ground, not them. And the AOE of the penumbral blast freezes them. It's true. Yeah. It is an effective counter. I really gotta use shame. You know what it is. I'm gonna fight. Well, let's one v one after this. What are you doing? I, I don't <laughs> we got we gotta record something else. So anyway, <laughs> we gotta go. Anyway, we gotta go. Yeah. yeah, we gotta go. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That definitely is a nice hot take for the end. So as this is a good place to wrap it up, I wanted to open the floor to you to tell people who listen to this. And if you all don't, please go follow this man everywhere. But now's the time for you to tell them where to do that. Where can they find all of your stuff? Sure, uh, I'm the same everywhere. Glow, it's G L E A U X. Um, on it's Twitter, a great spelling, Twitch, by the way. YouTube. Like thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Um, I stream not every day, but fairly regularly, and I've been uploading pretty much every day to YouTube, so you can find me there. And I'm always on Twitter, yelling about absurd things and getting in arguments. Just starting, yes. starting fires and walking away, so it's fine. Yes, yep. throwing a grenade. 
what is it? Uh, Drewski called you the bad take guy. The king of bad takes, crowned by Drewski himself. <laughs> Listen, man, you outside. I love the thought process, the logical approach. The content is really informative. Love the little little storyboard kind of things you know that you're doing. It's really Thank cool. You. Microsoft you know? Paint specialty right there. Love yes, it. yes, yes. Love that. And of course, someone told know. me I was bad at editing videos, and I went, you know what? I could get worse. And here we are. <laughs> here we are now you do your thing well the longer we do a ton of fun good to have you there warlock brethren looking forward to more content man keep it up man thank you so much thanks for having me guys this has been a blast absolutely no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. it is our pleasure um gentlemen quick wrap-ups yeah, we'll travis what do you got what do you got yeah, cooking uh, next after another hundred hour game yeah yeah so uh read my review of grounded please it's a fantastic game you should play it um, I've also got a video going up tomorrow, uh, 11 tips of uh, things I wish I knew before I started playing Grounded. Nice. Um, so if you're going to jump in or considering it, I have some really awesome pro tips. I think a lot of you people had to do 11 to one up Tassie's 10 things he knew, right? Uh, I had to do 11 because for some reason, uh, odd numbered lists do better than even numbered lists. Really? So there's a oh, little... Really? Uh, by a lot it's like by like 26 or 27 percent um so there you go uh no idea why that's a thing uh the um the and then weird. and then coming coming up i've got a couple reviews i think i oh yeah i can talk about my next one because the game's already out it's a uh, slime rancher 2 which oh. Oh, uh, it's been out for a while but we haven't been able to get a reviewer on it so they're putting me on it since mm -hmm. i'm done with grounded um, and then I've got a bunch of other content coming out. A preview of a game that hasn't been announced is going live on Monday and some other stuff. So IGN.com. Follow me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis. Love you guys. Love Destiny. See you next week. Cog? Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to Glow for coming through. Same old deal with me. IOP will be this Sunday, the Lord's Day. Talk about all the craziness in the games industry. And then if you want that defining Duke, check out my man, me and Mr. Matty Plays. We talked about the return of E3, the pros, cons of it on Defining Duke Ultimate. We talked about everything that's going on right now. Obviously, Grounded was a big discussion point in the uh, community. And uh, yeah, man, also support LordsOfGaming.net. Go check that out. We'll see what's going on there. And other than that, just playing these games. And getting over not getting collective obligation. I'm still hurting about that. <laughs> how many how many clears did you guys put in? Bro, they, shout out to Ducky. Shout out to Black Iron Man. Shout out to Sid. They was in there with me. Are you just doing like, like uh, Rook over and over and over and over? Rook over and over. Roking it out, man. We were roked out. And Rope wasn't trying to hear. <laughs> and what all I want to do, Glow, is I just want to try the Void 3.0 build. With the buffs, you know what I'm saying? With the suppression, I just want to try because hey, I'm avoiding Travis. Me. We it's need fun. to remember this moment yeah, when, he, yeah. when he has this. No, I feel like the RNG thing is great because now you've got your moment with your yeah. eyes of tomorrow, and now he's finally got his. But so. I will say this: shout out to I also with anarchy and the exotic. I, dude, I hate the RNG. It yeah. shouldn't be a thing. There's, there should be a way to force it. But yeah, shout out to my man Black Iron Man because he loves Val so much. He runs it, but he never got it. And I was like, bro, if you get it, I won't be mad anymore. Because I know how much it, he Did runs he that way. He got it. Nice. Right. 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 Go. I was happy for the crew. So salute to them. Uh, yeah. For me, um, basically, I am going to be gone next week. But I'm basically going to be putting up some Lost Sector guys. Because it's one of the few things I can actually schedule. So I'll give you guys some exotic farming if that's something you guys want to do. So check out the channel there for me. Uh, hopefully, I'm able to actually get on the cruise ship uh, on Saturday. So if I can make it there and onto the boat... Hopefully flights and hurricanes all get dodged, then we will be lucky. Uh, our goal is actually after this episode, we're going to go offline and record uh, just kind of a bonus episode for you guys for next week. So we will plan for that thing to be uploaded 
at that time, basically next week. So usual time, and then that thing just will publish on Thursday night, kind of when the podcast is. So no live show next week, just a pre-recorded kind of an off-the-beat one. Um, so look forward to that one. But other than that, Glow, thank you so much for your time. Nice to have a good level head on the show, kind of empathetic to both sides of the argument. It's nice to nice to see. Um, but Follow it was you on Twitter, man. Oh, that's big. That's huge. That's huge. I I don't follow anybody on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you guys. guys Again, been a blast. Absolutely. Well, for this episode, number 217, September 29th, we will see you guys in about two weeks for the next live show. But for this episode, it has been the last last word. word. The last word. Man, it was quick on the trigger. Like yeah, he was fast. I was, like, hey. <laughs> I was ready for it. I was, he was ready for ready. it. He was ready. All right, you guys can I, stop. I read your... the document. Yeah, some yeah. people do no. not. You guys some can stop do your. Not. You guys can stop your audio too. Yep. Two seventeen. Read it until today, but I did.